We are live, episode six of Los Cachirules podcast. Welcome, everybody. We have our normal panel, uh, Christian, Joel, Juan, Ronnie, and our special guest for today, Catracho. Yo. Fan. Welcome, everybody. I am Beto, and hopefully uh, John will come on later on, maybe Pern as well. But uh, to begin the show, we got Catracho here, so we're going to talk some Honduras football. That'll be one of the games Mexico has coming up. Um, does anyone want... I have a question specifically to one player, uh, a hated player of mine, but uh, does anyone else have a question for him? Yeah, how, how long has he uh, followed Honduran soccer? <clears throat> uh, I mean, okay. Uh, I think since... Since 01, since 01, 2001, 2000, 2001, 2000. That means he's about 25 years old, so. 23, 23, I mean, 23. Ooh. 2000, 2001, with, you know the Pavon era, you know, when they was balling, balling. Oh, yeah. Just, yeah. yeah. So, so you, you remember the 3 in Azteca, uh, uh, the 2000. Two World Cup qualifying campaign. Yeah, I remember that. I remember if we didn't lose to what was it, Trinidad Tobago, the choke. Uh, yeah. I, that game wouldn't have mattered. That's true. Well, I'll start with a question. I have a question yeah. for Catracho. Um, we have seen some pretty good. The last two Olympic tournaments for Honduras, at least qualifying wise, we've seen some pretty interesting players, and especially with. This most recent team, um, there were some. The, the forwards were really, really good, and there was a couple of guys in the midfield that were very interesting as well. Do you expect a lot of these players or some of these players to be um, in this? Maybe not this upcoming uh, set of games, but like going forward, do you expect the coach to start integrating some of those players? Yeah, what just happened? Did you hear me? Uh, I heard. I think. I think. Well, the premise of the uh, the question was: uh, You asked, "Do I think these young kids, the U twenty three kids, gonna make a difference right. on the national team?" Uh, yeah. Do you, Do you expect them to sort of start moving up and and have that sort of generational transition? I think. I mean, I think you're gonna have to. There's not. All right. There's not that much. There's not that much depth whatsoever. At the national team right now, it's I mean it's if you just look at the midfield depth, the age is just the midfield right now. We're looking at a lot of you know what I mean a lot of thirty, thirty year olds, thirty three, you know, past their prime. Right. And so I mean, and a lot of these players like Oscar Salas, um, uh, Herman Mejia, who wasn't on. There's a lot of players that didn't make the uh, Olympic team that are that are really good. That could that could have made the the Olympic team. So it's a lot of so it's a log it's a good log jam. It's a lot of talent, but uh, yeah, Brian Acosta he's already on the national team. I mean he's he's gonna start. He's 22. Uh, I mean Oscar Sal's another name. Uh, let's see, uh, Michael Chirinos under underrated name. Uh, expect a lot of yeah, expect a a lot of those uh those young kids. Joe Benavides another kid. There's a right. lot of kids that could that can make this this national team. How uh, how plagued is the the Endurance League with foreigners? How plagued? 
Yeah, I mean, is it is it a lot where it's gonna impede? No, no, the, no, the young, no, no, the younger, the younger guys. No, no, I I tell you this right now. I'm gonna tell you this right now. The Nash, the the uh, Liga Nacional. It's it's it's. I think it's. Uh, I read the statistic last season. I don't know. I don't know what it looked like this season, but I know last season. It's straight up. It's. I think it was the youngest. It was t- the 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 age. The uh the the average age was 24, 24.2, 24.5, as the as the uh the age of the entire the average age of the entire league. And it was the youngest in Central America, I think, maybe in 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 Concacaf. So I mean, it's it's a really young league, and and there's not a lot of good. There's not and, and yeah, there's not a lot. We don't really get played by bad extranjeros, and if you're bad, I mean, you're just not gonna play. So it it gives us a lot of it gives them a lot of opportunities to really you know let the young kids shine because I think a lot of the teams they can't even afford you know an an abroad player to begin with, so they just Right. You gotta do what you gotta. You gotta do what you, what you got, right? So you gotta. You got a young kid. He has to learn on the. Has to learn on the fly because you don't got that kind of money to to splurge on an Argentinian that's on one leg, you know. No, it makes sense. Makes, makes sense. sense because uh, because I remember the 2008 World uh, Olympic qualifiers. You had, I think it was Jerry Bankston was the uh, was a forward. Um, overage. He was overage forward. I'm think maybe I'm thinking of uh, there was a guy that played at the at the New England Revolution. Is it the same guy that I'm thinking of? Was it Jerry yeah, Bankston? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the, the I mean, I, I was really impressed with 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 a couple of the players that played just recently in the Olympic qualifiers. Um, I think Choco Lozano was one of them. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I mean, Second. I know Pinto. Pinto is kind of known for having like having really nice compact teams and. And yeah. uh, and when when the time calls for it to sort of rely on on some of the older players, yeah. but but like you said, if you have if the bulk of your midfielders are are you know thirty or on the wrong side of thirty already, by the time the World Cup comes around, you know yeah, that could be a problem. Yeah. So 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 you know I, I do expect Pinto to sort of take the Olympic uh, tournament and and sort of use use it to his favor and. and and hopefully wow. groom a lot of these players, you know, for, because you also have Roger Espinosa, who I, I, he's a Andrew. favorite of mine. I like him a lot. Yeah. But you he's know, 30. I mean, right? So you know, you, you're. I mean, th- these guys can get you through World Cup qualifier, mm-hmm. and I do expect Honduras to qualify. To be honest, uh, no, but no, 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 at, no, no, no. You don't, I don't think, think so? so? No, I'll tell okay. you why. Later, tell me why. Bro. Yeah. Uh, well, you can you can go just, ahead and tell us. Oh, okay. Uh, well, look, this is the thing, though. There's no the 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 gap between, let's say, a 30 year old and a 25 year old is just not that. You know, you don't have anybody that can that can come in and hear me substitute a Roja right. Espinosa or because the the gap right now you have 30s and then you got 22s, 23s. You know, nothing nothing really over 24. And the players that got called up for this call this uh this World Cup qualifying, you hear me? They're like, they they're they're twenty five, twenty six, you know, but they're not good. They're not playing whatsoever because they lost their jobs to these younger players that that are not being called up. You know, you have Oliver Morasan, you have, uh, who was Oliver Morasan and um Arnold Peralta. Those are two players that got. These are two players that got called up to the national team. Oliver Morasan and Arnold Peralta. Peralta was on the U twenty twenty three team that went to London. Right, right. I remember that. 
He lost his job. He lost his job at Olympia. He hasn't even played that much. Neither has over Oliver Morrison. They both have not played that much, and they lost their jobs to El Paton Mejia, who's nineteen twenty, who who didn't get called up, but he's, he's a starter. And uh, and Oscar Salas, he's an automatic starter on on Olympia. He's twenty two, twenty one, and they and they both they both. I expect for both or one of at least Oscar Salas. He's not going to stay in Honduras for very long. He's he's ready to leave. And he's he's primed to leave and expect him to be on the national team. But if he has a good if he has a good tournament, which I think he will, expect him to be on that on the national team by next summer. Easy, easy. But a lot of those players that that you think that you know twenty four, they're not good whatsoever, and they're backups to the younger players, which I mean, kind of baffles a lot of us, which is as to why like. Yeah, Pinto must he must see something in them that he thinks at least short term can be better, can help. which is. Yeah, it's just, it's just. I don't think we're gonna make it just because of the fact. I mean, you look at Jamaica, you look at Panama, you look at, you look at, you know, Haiti and Costa Rica. They, I mean, I think unanimous is United States, Mexico, and then after that, you know, Costa Rica, and then I have to give it to Jamaica. I just, they're just so prime, and then not, and then you, you still got the the factors where X factor, which is like the players that they can have come from the, you know, come from the EPL that aren't aboard right now. Expect right. them to be on board with if and when they make the hex. Expect for players like what Nathaniel Dyer, Jason Punchin to to make that team way better than. Yeah, Dyer's, Dyer's a Dyer's a really good really good player. So that would that be a huge boost for Jamaica. Yeah, and, and plus, I mean, they're they're in their prime right now. You're talking about you know Michael Hector who's 23. You know, you're, you're looking at players really in their prime. Even McEnough who's 33, but he still runs like he's a, he's a young guy. I mean, age hasn't caught up to him. Gareth McClary is like 28. Yeah, they, they. I think I give it. To, I just don't see Honduras just because they're just. I think they're a, year, a cycle out from from really playing, really being a threat in the in the region. I got a question regarding Pinto. Uh, I know that uh, he was, um, you know, when he was he had the coaching gig in uh, Costa Rica. A lot of the old players kind of like were undermining him. You know, the guys that were basically retiring or already retired. Is Pinto is are they allowing him to work? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pinto has all right now. It's it's basically he has he has the he has entire he has he has all the power right now. I don't think anyone can really get in his way right now. This old players are not. I don't think the old players of right now have that kind of clout or kind of you know that kind of uh that kind of power that maybe the Costa Rican. Yeah, that one chop. Being like you know, I remember he was. I mean, he kind of went after uh, Pinto, and I guess time put everybody in their place. He's all coming. He take his job. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. As as uh, is, I mean, his the the assistant is Amado Guevara. He's I mean, he's not. I remember. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He was good. Yeah, he's but yeah, but he's not exactly a coach like Paulo Wanchofa. You know, that's gonna that has an ego or has that qualifications that could really coach. You know, Magua was just kind of there, and then you have a couple other people that we. Well, his assistant right now, aside from Malo Guevara, is like the one that he really wanted instead of Wancho. So you, I mean, you, yeah, I don't, I don't think you have that problem. Hey, so I got a question on. Uh, oh, go ahead, Ronnie. No, I'm just wondering if do you think do you think that uh, Pinto is going to do the same thing when he goes to play in the. Wait, what happened? No, it's John. John's tuning in now. Go on. Uh, no, I'm just saying, do you think Pinto's going to uh, do the same thing 
of uh, basically going, you know, because with, with Costa Rica, when they went to the Azteca, they basically just parked the bus. They parked the bus. You think, do you think they're going to do the same? Oh, oh yeah. Uh, you, you, you saw the game against uh, the Mexico in, what was it, in Houston? Before yeah. the Gold Cup? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Ex ex expect the same thing. You're not going to see them really go for it except for a couple of times. And even still, we don't have Andy Nahar. Yeah. So I mean, and no, Andy Nahar don't really expect us to go forward a lot because you know Boniek is he's slow. I mean, he's 33. Uh, and then you have you know Disqua, Chino, who's not really a runner per se, but he 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 he's not gonna he's not gonna make those Nahar runs down the sideline on a counter. So you know, I don't expect us to really park the bus. Beto, you got a question, right? Oh yeah, I was uh, one of my players from Honduras that I've always thought was just embarrassed Mexican players like crazy on the wings was uh, uh, costly. That guy mm -hmm. would do like this cutback and then go forward and cut back again. up with that is so that was the cheesiest move. It's basic. It's it sort of basic, worked. but it would get yeah. It always worked. It so worked on everybody. It worked on Salcido. It worked on Osorio, on Rafa, on Reyes, on everybody. Uh, so what was the question? <laughs> I, I was just wondering what I, I was reading on like the Wikipedia where that he's not after the World Cup. He's not you know playing for the national uh, team anymore. What, what's the deal with him? Um, he just he just recently uh, played his first game for Olympia. Uh, they he played in the. Uh, we have a cup in Honduras called La Copa Presidente, and, uh, and he played his first game yesterday in a 1-0 win. I think, well, not 1-0, I think it was a 3-0 win, and uh, he, I think he gave an assist. He did the, he did the Costalina again, um, and uh, and and uh, he got he got a he got a, he got a good a good good uh, a good present leaving that that's that that, uh, that game that. He shouldn't really be doing those coastalinas against players that are pretty amateurish because they just hacked him. So. Oh, gee. Uh, yeah. So uh, no, he he's working right now with Olympia, and I think you you'll probably see him again if we make the hex. Expect him in that. Uh, I guess one last question for me though. Um, I see that there's only two players uh, applying their trade in Europe, and that's uh, Emilio Cigarri. Oh, he's like, okay, okay, and uh, Choco Lozano, 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 which is in, in, in Spain. Any, yeah. any, Nahar uh, too. Any, what's that? Andy Nahar, too. I don't see him on there. He's not on the national well, team. He's not on the national team right now, which is a question I want to ask him. But, but uh, go on. Yeah. How many, how yeah, many players, can. how many players are, are are playing their trade in Europe right now, aside from oh. these two? Um, <laughs> I think, uh, I think honestly, <laughs> I think it's just those. I mean, you. I think you have a couple of players. Uh, one that's playing in, I mean, the second division in, uh, in, uh, in, in Portugal, Gil Vicente. Uh, his name is Jonathan Rubio. He was the leading scorer for the uh, Portuguese Youth 20 League. Um, so uh, he uh, he's in the second division now with Gil Vicente, who relegated last season from Liga Sagres. And uh, you got a. Uh, I think besides him, you really don't have anybody else. In the, and you're right. It's definitely a, a far cry from what it used to be. Yeah, I know, because, I mean, you guys had a bunch of them. Yeah, it's just, I mean, it, it, you see how the team's playing right now, right? It coincides with, with what's the reality of things. Well, let me ask you this. Uh, we talked about, well, it's actually, this is a two-part question. Uh, 
there's obviously been some talk about Nahar and mm -hmm. why he hasn't been joining the national team. I know he opted out of some friendlies not that long ago, and Pinto uh, took it to heart. But it mm -hmm. seems like it's a little cloudy as to why, what yeah. those personal issues are. And, yeah. and secondly, speaking of, 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 of the players that Honduras has abroad or doesn't have abroad, do you think that Honduran players going to MLS is is good for their development and and subsequently good for the the, the health of the national team? Um. Hmm. Uh, okay. Now Nahar. Sure. Start with Nahar if you want. Uh, from. Okay. Hear me. Okay. Yeah. Uh, from from the Nahar, what I've heard is was well, through the grapevine. Don't 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 quote me on this, but he didn't like he 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 didn't like the way that Pinto would uh would hound him, you know, on the, during the games right. and during practice. So he would be like, so he just said, I just, um, I rather I rather make money in Anderlecht than you know playing for Casandres. So I mean, it is. It, it, yeah, it, it 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 is what it is. I mean, I I, I don't want to call him a diva yet because I, I I don't know. He says it's family issues, personal issues. So I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt until you know the 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 veil is unveiled on this situation. And it sucks too. And um, on the the national team players uh, benefiting from the MLS, I think. Uh, I don't know how to feel about that, to be honest. Um, my uh, my take on my take on that. Sorry to interrupt you. My take on that is that, and this is something that's been plaguing you know Central American leagues for a while, is the lack of uh, payments on a timely manner. So I, I think that if they you know going to MLS, even despite you know the, the lower salaries there, I'm I'm sure that's probably higher than in the and then the you know native leagues. But I I think that. Uh, you know, making sure that they can count on a steady paycheck, you know, week in, week out. I mean, it's got to help. Think, uh, it's got to help them I out. Think, because I mean, look well, at look at okay. look at South, look at El Salvador. I mean, sometimes, how many times in the last fifteen years do I do I remember you know them, you know, uh, boycotting their, their national team or their clubs well, because of, because of well, payments. Well, what I think it is, it's a it's a culmination of things, of a lot of things. I mean, first, if you just look at socially, a lot of Hondurans are where they're leaving for the United States. So they have this idea that you know, the United States is the land of you know they still think it's the land of opportunity, which I mean it might be. I don't I don't know. I don't want to get on that topic, but uh, they they all think that you know the United States is this you know pristine place where you know you can live out your dreams and whatnot. While on the other part. I guess it's the money, but it's also the transfer fees. I mean, these are MLS is the realistically the only the only league that's gonna that's gonna shell out a, a million, you know, a little bit over a million to a greedy owner for a player that's probably not worth a million. But you know, since Thunderers, they gotta have their money. They're not gonna take anything less than that for an answer. So you know, it's it's, it's a lot of things that that you know you 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 kind of wish. It wasn't, but unfortunately, that's just how. That's just it is what it is. I mean, it's it's out of our power. It's nothing that the player can really do. Once you sign that contract, that's a wrap. That's it. Um, couple, couple hey, Catracho, I, I got two questions for you, Catracho. This is one. First, uh, I want to ask you, where are the big clubs in the 
Liga Nacional, the Honduran league that uh, you know, that kind of is, is. Do they have like a team that dominates the league or? Yeah, or, yeah. And also, like, uh, which clubs produce a majority of your national team players? It's, it's, it's Olympia, definitely. It's, it has to be Olympia. Olympia is the biggest team in Honduras financially, fan-wise, stadium, everything. It's the brand. It's, it's the biggest team. You have, like, a big four. So it's, you know, Real España, Motawa, and Maratona, like, tier two. But tier one is Olympia, you know. Nicatrate is John Jagu. It's... Sorry, I joined late. Had a volleyball game I was That's... working, but, but uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, real quick, I do have a question, then, and this is a question that I asked uh, uh, Pajaro when he joined us last week about El Salvador. Does it bug you that Honduras plays so well against you know, the United States or Mexico, or even when they played uh, uh, in, the, in the 2010 World Cup when they played Chile, they kind of played a little better, and then just like just totally. Crap the bed against against. No, uh, no, 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 not really. It doesn't. It doesn't really bother me. I mean, it. Mm, uh, yeah, it don't. It don't really bother me because you kind of you kind of just learn to accept these kind of things. It's it's. It honestly, it is. Yeah, I, I mean, I come in with a level head, so it's like if I think they were gonna, you know, actually, you know, just straight beast. I, I I'll just be lying to myself to be honest, and you know the the and then it would hurt, you know. But I have realistic expectations of the hundred national team, so I, I don't really get you know hurt that bad anymore. But I, I I'm, I'm but if you ask a regular Honduran, yeah, he'll probably you know shed some tears and be like, oh well, yeah, it's uh, it sucks a lot, it sucks a lot. But I I, I, keep, I, I keep it all I keep it all the way hundred, so I kind of embrace myself for this that situation. I was like, as long as, as long as we don't get embarrassed, we'll be, we'll be all right. Hey, you, to follow up on John's question, do you, do you think uh, the Honduran, the national team players, and maybe the fans, do they prefer the role of the spoiler, or do you think they, do they I mean, do they enjoy that role more than they would, like, let's say, maybe, like, winning a gold cup in CONCACAF or, you know, qualifying uh, out of the uh, that's a good question. Uh, you think just—I mean, just to be there and just to ruin someone's parade? Uh, yeah, know. maybe like let's say you know beat Mexico in Azteca or kind of put them in you know in hot water as far as their qualifying campaign. I think I think opponent is what the situation is is at hand. Uh, I, I mean I, Honduras. Yeah, no, I don't think they. I don't think they really enjoy the spoiler thing. I mean, it's a win. It's a win is a win. A win is a win. I guess. I guess for Mexico, it's a little bit sweeter, because I mean, it's, they, you know, people still got that. Uh, you know, people in Honduras still have that. Uh, that perception of Mexico, you know, and and uh, uh, and, and the you know the hate is, is is pretty real, but not not like in a sense like uh, that we're gonna. You know what I'm saying? But. But seeing them beat Mexico uh, in a in a game that's important for them, it might it, it might heal some wounds for them. But for me, it doesn't do it. If we lose two straight games and we're out, winning beating Mexico just does not do anything for me. But for regular people, it probably does. How great was that game when uh, Osvaldo was asking you guys to to hold off a little bit to stop scoring I remember goals? That. <laughs> I remember that. Was that was that an awesome experience for you? <laughs> 
Oh, uh, was it awesome? Uh, I think uh, just the win. I think the win. The win was more important. The win was definitely more important. I, mean, I think I, I definitely, I definitely don't. Uh, I that that. I mean, him waving his finger like Nomas or whatever. What he said? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Guys. Uh, I think. Uh, I, I, nah, I mean, it, it kind of shows more about Sanchez. Than, yeah. Yeah, I than absolutely than, agree on that. It. I mean, come on, man. Just just keep playing the game, man. Ain't nobody going to stop for you, man. What's up, Slicker? How you doing? This is Fernando. Uh, Turn dog. Whoa, what up? What up, man? Hey, so, so how, I, I don't know if this question been asked. just barely joined. How you all doing, everybody, by the way? Uh, so how did you react when you saw the the new list that you know Juan Carlos Osorio released today. Did you pucker okay, up? Wait, what happened? Did you pucker up as you read the list? Chichadios was like about to face the field. What do you mean? Wait, wait, what? I don't get that question. I think what he's wanting to ask you is did did you like shudder in fear when you saw the list that Mexico came out with? Oh no, no, no! The same players no, no. that lost to the that lost to Honduras in the Aztec. No, 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 no! Why, why would I? Why would I put in fear? <laughs> so, what, what are your ties with Mexico? I, I know you're. Uh, I know you from the um, BSMX. Are you? Uh... There's. De- I mean, I, I don't think. I don't think that. I would. There's no reason to really put in fear. To be honest, I mean. <laughs> yeah, I have a, okay, so Honduras has made it to the Olympics in 2012, and they had a really good campaign. They uh, got out of the first round and gave Brazil a hell of a fight in the quarterfinals, and they've done it again. So, do these players? Um, I mean, w- w- what is their path? Do they stay in Honduras and play with Olimpia and Maratona or some of those other teams? Oh no! Or no, some no. of those guys no. move no, on to. They move on. I, I think the younger players move on. The younger players have to move on. I think they know that. Some of them have already, but they they, they, they absolutely know. The older players, they come back and, and it's the cycle. How many of the guys that won the Olympics or that, that qualified for the Olympics are going to be playing in this uh, in this upcoming uh, two-game uh, call-up that's coming up next week? Uh, just off the top of my head, you had a... Uh, uh, Crisanto, uh, the black dude that went crazy. Uh, yeah. You got um, you got Luis Garrido, who's at Houston Dynamo. I think he'll be back in, in Olympia, unfortunately. Um, you got Mario Martinez, who's playing in Over the Rainbow Egypt. So, so uh, he he was on that. He was the he was on the uh, on that team. Honestly, Jerry Bankston, if that counts. Minor figure O two, so it's definitely it's definitely like five. But the true core of that team, I, 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 it fell off by the wayside. Yeah, that's natural. That's always going to happen. I think we've all seen it, especially like with our team as well. Um, it's it's a natural occurrence, which is kind of like what I was asking about before about the MLS and how how feasible of a of a development system that is for Hondurans. Because ideally, yeah, yeah, you don't. You don't stay the, the, after the, the, twenty. You don't stay right. after twenty-two, twenty. You leave. You you stagnate around twenty-three. Yeah, because it, it's there's a lack of competitiveness in the region as a whole, but but it's highlighted really in, in Central America and the Caribbean. 
you know, during these international tournaments, quote unquote. But um, if if the players are not able to move to Europe, which is ideally where they can gain that competitive uh, feeling and, and really test themselves out, if if that's not an option, or if it's if it's too complicated, or it's a really less scouted market, then yeah. one would think that MLS would be one of those possible avenues. But uh, it's a backup. I think I think I think uh, all right. I think when you look at players like Roger Espinosa, you know Ramon Nunez, uh, Andy Nahar, I think I think those kind of players kind of give these current crop of Honduran players a little bit of a you know I mean? uh, a little bit a little bit of hope that all right, if I make the jump to MLS, maybe if I you know I play good enough, I'll be able to make that jump to, uh, to Europe. Cause you, yeah, Ramon, you really believe that? MLS to Europe? Yeah, MLS yeah. to Europe. I mean, it happened before. Roger Espinosa went went to uh, Wigan and uh, Andy Naharza Anderlecht. So, you, what do you think? You want Carlos Costley to come back from retirement? Uh, I want him to. Uh, I wouldn't say not really as a player, because we have too many fours. That I mean, you're not the the. These players are not going to grow if you continue to, to fall back on Carlo Cosi. But what I would like for Carlo Cosi to do is to come back and be a mentor sort of thing. You know, you know, be a, a, little, a little coach. You know, be a, a, the dude that's like, all right, you got to do this, this, and that. You know, you gotta, this is how we do it. This is how you – men of 42. A guy that's been through it all, why not? Well, at the very least, you can give him hair grooming tips. Wait, what happened? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Or you can pass down his uh, his cosina, right? I don't, I don't think I think I've seen I've seen other players try it and they just they absolutely fail. So <laughs> yeah, that's it's natural to him. He's like the only one that can do it for sure. It's like Guatemoc. There's only one Guatemoc. Hey, uh, another question for you, uh, Catracho, is uh, another poppy. I'm when I was, I guess about 10, 15 years ago, I was scared to death. Of uh, the Pantera, he was a great player, oh, yeah. and he Suazo. did. But Suazo. is is there anybody uh, coming up in the ranks that, that yeah. has that kind of yeah. talent? Yeah, Albert Albert Ellis. Albert Ellis. Oh yeah, he was very good at the uh, the Olympic qualifiers. El Panterita, that's what they call him. The little really? the little oh. pa- little Panther, El Panterita. Yeah, yeah, seven goals in Olympia right now. He's a starter. Does he, have, does he have the same kind of build and speed and? Uh, build? No, he's taller. He's not as muscular. I mean, he's. I mean, well, muscular. I don't know if that's a word, but uh, I've, he's not as built. You know, he's not as built, but he has the speed. He definitely has. He's a little bit better technically on the ball, but he's definitely not as. He's not as big, and I don't think he has that much speed. But I think he's. Just, he's a little bit. A little. Just. I mean, he could. He could run a fire with but he would trail off at the end. But. I, he definitely has that 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 sort of that sort of game that that's what Wazo has. So is Liga MX speed or Liga Hondureña speed? You got, dude. You got. Hmm. Yeah, that's one thing that I wouldn't even compare, honestly. I mean, Wazo was the fastest guy I've seen in a long time. He was terrific. Yeah, he was, he, was, he was crazy fast. And he was huge. Yeah, that's the thing. He's big. He's big. Yeah. And he was playing on the wing. He's really a forward. So. So, so you're saying that because Honduras has, over the years, you know, they'll get their big win, but then have that like unexcusable loss. You've kind of desensitized yourself to it. Like it doesn't, 
Like what for you? Like what happens happens. No, 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 no. I think just I just I mean you just realistically just look at it without you know before even qualifiers happen you just you just kind of have to just look at it you know. And I kind of I kind of already know what's gonna happen. Just you look at the quality of players against the other and you compare them to the other teams. It's like ah, well you know what what's the point of really? I mean can you really compare you know a costly to a cheat? Uh, Costly has 33 to a Chicharito right now scoring in Leverkusen. I mean, you really can't. Of course can, not. You know? Never. Exactly. E exactly. So, I mean, that's why I, I don't really desensitize myself because we lose the small games, but it's because just the level of talent period doesn't have anything for me to be, you know, over overzealous, overzealous for. Do you so think you're, you're just, I'm sorry. Go very, ahead. You're just very realistic then as far as your, your expectations. So, being that as it may... What are the chances you think of Honduras advancing in this round? You think that they have enough? Oh uh, yeah. Compared to, just yeah, to yeah. All, okay. Yeah. yeah, I think okay. Well, this, this is not saying much because the group is Canada and El Salvador. El Salvador's situation is deplorable right now. We're talking about that. Maradiaga had a had to call up a new batch of players for El Salvador. You know, we're talking about El Salvador that has. They don't. They, they probably don't have any. They've never played with these batch of players ever. It's 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 really weird. You have a lot of young players. It's this El Salvador team is literally on. They're on another level of of. I'm not saying bad because it's not because, it's not because they're playing bad, but it's because of you know the administration is just you know it's bending them over. So it's a. Uh, they have situations outside of the field that makes them worse than Honduras is currently, and um and you look at Canada. Canada is just. <laughs> Canada's is Canada, just to be honest. You know, Canada's Canada's Canada. I, even though they added Junior Hoylet and uh, some other kid, I think I think Canada will give us some. If we do not win in Vancouver, I think I think we're gonna we're it's gonna be a problem. Is I expect I expect Honduras to not don't honestly. It's gonna be it's gonna be a problem. It's gonna be a problem. It's gonna be a problem. Hey, so, a quick question. I'm sorry. Good uh, question. Uh, so. You know how Mexico sometimes has that problem to that they scoop to the level of play to yeah, of their yeah. opponent. Does yeah, Honduras yeah, yeah. have the same thing? Yeah. Oh, it do. Have you not seen? I mean, you play <laughs> Haiti. You play really bad. You they tied in Jamaica when Jamaica had nothing to play for. What you talking about? They made it to the Gold Cup final, man. No, we're talking about World Cup qualifying though. In World Cup qualifying, Jamaica finished last, and they didn't have anything to play for on the last day. We needed to draw two two to go to the World Cup. We needed to draw a win, and we drew two-two. I mean, that was it was a sloppy game against a team that I literally had nothing, nothing left. I mean, they're playing a 35-year-old at forward for Jamaica, and if you look at, if you just look at the other games, you know, just historically, you know, Haiti, Trinidad, Tobago. Those can turn out to be like hard opponents, though. They're, you know, it just depends, really. Yeah, well, those teams but, right now are actually playing pretty well. They're. Uh... No. Yeah. Yeah. Canada, you know, for example, Mexico last time. Well, not last time, but they. One time they went, was, they barely got out of with a tie. So. Oh, oh well, but I mean, still, these are teams that you should be, you should be able to beat, you know. Even at home, even at home, they give us problems. Yeah, especially if you want to go to the Gold Cup or have a chance to qualify for the World Cup, it, you gotta, you yeah, have to yeah. be better than than those teams. Exactly. And Mexico, and, you know, Mexico barely even made it, you know, just barely two years it. ago. Yeah, yeah, right. But it, it was also a combination of things, you know. I think. This upcoming hexagonal or this cycle of qualifiers is potentially going to be tougher than last time as well. What I think, well, I think, all right, this is what I think is going to happen with Mexico. Uh, the only problem I can see them having is the the amount of time to adapt to Juan Carlos Osorio's system. That's 
probably the only problem I have. Because I mean, there's always there's every team has every coach a team has a has a has a time period where they have to get acclimated with the coach and the system. And you're kind of doing that in World Cup qualifying. So yeah. that's the only problem I see. But aside from that, I mean, you kind of expect Mexico to, to not. I wouldn't say breeze because historically it's never been that way in a, for like a long time. But you you kind of expect them to at least finish first, second, especially not fourth. Well, one last yeah. one last question, man. Sorry, you know, but one last question, man. Uh, what's your prediction of this game, man? Uh, it's it's getting in San Pedro Sula, so. Four zero Mexico winning. Yes, and there's Mexico and South Pedro Sula. I, I think I'm pretty sure it's the first tie, right? That's where the first game is going to be played. Yeah, yeah it's, so. the first, it's the second game, actually. Versus El Salvador versus Mexico, and then Honduras versus uh, Mexico. What's your prediction? Right, right. uh, okay. uh, I think... I That's think, a question think, for you. Wait, what happened? <laughs> you didn't even ask. This is the last one. <laughs> oh, go, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. You go ahead. Uh, I think... Uh, I think Mexico beats El Salvador. Like, uh, dude, this is gonna be a spanking. Let's be honest. Uh, roll, a, roll a dice. Anything above three is okay with me. Uh, I think El Sa I think uh, I think Honduras versus Mexico and San Pedro Sula. It's, uh, I hate giving out predictions before the first game because I don't know how they're gonna do against Canada. So well, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Uh, yeah, you could do that. All right, do that. Do that. Do that. Do that. Well, so, yeah, so I guess to wrap it up, since we're going to get it to other topics, the Mexican... Hey, Catracho. No. One last no. question, Juan, go. Oh. Well, actually, I have two more questions, but uh, uh, <laughs> how do you view the refereeing in the region? Because I know, uh, you know, Mark Trash. Geiger, he's a uh, U.S. Soccer's uh, legendary... Trash. Trash. <laughs> That's what I do. Dude, Mark, Mark Geiger, dude. Um, I, oh, my goodness. I... If 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 that myth of throwing piss was real, I would not mind throwing a bag of piss at Mark Geiger right about now. I would, I would not mind. That dude is, but but to be honest, I think I think I think refereeing in general is really bad. So that's in every region: Africa, South America, Europe. It's just really bad. Well, man, that says something to me. I'm sorry, Ron. One more question for you, uh, Catracho. Right. How many hurricanes have you survived? Dang, dude, that's, uh, that's tough. Let me see. Uh, hey, man, uh, I think I was born during the hurricane. So, I mean, so. <laughs> I'm going to just leave it at 10. It might be over. It might be under by, like, 1. But 10 is probably, I'm, I'm going to be healthy. A healthy 10, probably more than that, honestly. Probably more than 10, 10 hurricanes. Easy 10 hurricanes, probably 11 or 12. You hear me? All right, Catracho, thanks for coming on. Um, feel free to feel free to hang out, and uh, we'll be discussing Mexico stuff. But uh, or if you or if you have stuff to do, then I can I can I can chime I can chime in if you don't want me to. Yeah. Um, I guess the next uh, our next topic here. What do you guys want to do? U17 or uh, no? Copa Mekis. Copa Mekis. Yep. Hey, Chivas. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, we've all seen it on Twitter and the discussions and everything. Oh yeah, Chivas they won fans. the World Cup. Chivas won the World Cup, and they're celebrating it like it. Well, I, I don't have a problem with them celebrating and stuff. 
But uh, my main issue is with Vergara and just how he got up there like he was some kind of player and he contributed and did all that stuff and he even took a medal. He he, he took a medal from the guy. <laughs> he got in a picture with Omar, Omar Bravo holding up the trophy and stuff. And I was like, jeez, dude. Hey, that's the kind of ownership you want, right? <laughs> Well, not only that, he actually cried. He cried during the interview. And, and well, yeah. yeah, it was it was so pathetic. It was um, <laughs> you, you're watching it and you're just you're just saying, well, why why is he on TV crying. right now? Like, why is he why is he even crying? It was it was weird. It was almost like uh, like almost like scripted. It was. You saying this was part of Televisa's plan? I don't know whose plan it was, but it, this was, look, I, I don't really. Vergara has been on, in the news for the wrong reasons uh, for like years now. Ten years. Yeah. So when you see the guy on TV after winning a championship, it just it leaves you with a bad taste. Well, one of the things that rubbed me the wrong way too was that. Uh, the, um, the the Omni Life exec basically tweeted out in La Torre, basically kind of rubbing it in, in uh, you know, Nestor and Chepo de La Torre's face. And I thought that was just really, really, you know, just that, – that's, that's not how you run a professional uh, soccer team. It's distasteful. It's, it, it is. There's, I mean, there's one thing to – you know, there's ribbing and stuff like that. I understand that. But obviously if there was, blood, you know, bad blood between them, just, just leave it be. And I, and I, and I saw, you know, and I saw their true colors. And I mean, I don't want to discredit the the tournament because I mean, it is getting a little bit better. But you're not gonna wipe away your sins winning this. I mean, yeah. let's just let's just be honest. You're not. Cruz Azul won, has won uh, the Copa Mekis. They've won the, uh, the the Concacaf Cup, uh, the Champions League, and still, they're they're in the in the predicaments that they are because I mean, honestly, you have to win the league. And uh, you know they can they can you know send out five thousand ten thousand people over there at the Mineva and celebrate like this is some sort of accomplishment. It's not. And uh, and you know and they better make they better they better win uh, and get the ticket to the Copa Libertadores, which you know to make this count. But even then, I I, I seriously doubt they're going to have enough um, to play both tournaments. Yeah, yeah, for it's, sure. They're they're a, they're a very thin team. Because there's the gap between, well, the perceived gap is that the younger players are, you know, there was a, the talk that Chepo sort of let them play too and, and, and gave them minutes, but, hey, but the, the young players, the young players, uh, when they've gone to Libertadores, they've done well actually, like the no, last. No, that's run. true. That's true. The last few times, I think uh, in 2006, with uh, without like six uh, national team members, they. But that, I mean, that's apples and oranges now. I mean, with different team, different circumstances. No, no, yeah, right. And uh, but before, I think it was uh, 2010 that uh, you know, with Omar Bravo, they went all the way to to the final. I think after they after the yeah. whole SARS, after the whole SARS thing. Uh, yeah, the, the whole SARS thing. Yeah, they gave them a free pass to the knockout stages. Right, right. I mean, the best, the best uh, they had, the, the best I remember them playing. Was uh, when Galindo had them in the 2005 edition, 2005 2006 edition, where you know, like they, you know, with the whole Boca well, thing, Boca, you know, yeah. in Boca. I mean, that I thought it was hilarious, but you know, I just, I just, I, I think uh, it's sending the wrong message. Did, uh, the front did office. Did you root for them in that game, though, Ronnie? What's that? Did you root for Chivas in that game? 
No, I didn't root for them. You know, I didn't. I didn't root for them. I just wanted to watch a good game. Mm-hmm. All right. Hey, another thing on this, uh, on the aftermath, is Fightless and I tweeted it out to Ronnie. I think uh, made a or tweeted something about all the hate to Chivas about it being like a secondary cup or a lesser cup. It's just yeah. upset and jealous Americanistas. And that's just that's just messed up. That's just like Jose Ramon talking there. And that did you, did you like my did you like my photo? Oh, jeez. The, the meme. The, the, I, and it's funny because I don't. I really don't make memes. Uh, in fact, I think that's probably my first meme I've ever made. So, but I had to make one. It was. It was. And I just remember because I saw the movie a couple. You know, a couple nights ago, it was on TV. Uh, Hello, Shall or Hello, Shall, Shallow Hal. Shallow Hal. And and it's just you know, so, and it had the. Uh, the, the clip of uh, what's her name, Gwyneth Paltrow, when she's thin and when she's kind of like you know the gordiwapa. And I mean, they, well, it's, 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 it's away from gordiwapas. So free blackbird, free blackbird. Yes. Uh, I mean, uh, <laughs> I mean, Copa, Copa Mekis is, is 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 you know for gordiwapas. I mean, that's really what it is. It's yeah. a confidence booster, like Chicharito scoring in the. Uh, Mediocre Bundesliga defenders. No, <laughs> no but yeah, I mean, I, I agree. It's it's a it's a lesser cup to an extent, but they should they, they're proud. I mean, they beat Leon. Well, re- remember, Cruz Azul was proud too. Cruz Azul was mm-hmm. proud of you know Cruz Azul was proud of the Champions League. They were proud of the uh, of well, the Copa Mekis. There's another meme of, uh, they, of, they, a, of a cave and a bunch of Chivas fans coming out of it though. Yeah, I, yeah, I've seen, I've seen that meme. They use that meme for for every team though. Yeah. Oh, I, I don't know about you guys, but I think America will probably celebrate. But what's that? What, what's up again? What uh, what was the question? No, I, I remember uh, uh, Cruz Azul during their run, the run, their Copa MX run. They used it to boost themselves in the, you know, to have a strong Liguilla as well. Well, re- remember they they won the semifinal against America in that one you know uh, one one game you know knockout, and then you know, they won the cup and obviously everything was uh you know was all peachy and everything. But then when they met in the final and you know they Cruz uh, the, uh, the final in the last you know dying minutes of the game, it went back to reality. So I mean, like I said, it's not going to wash away your sins. Oh, I agree definitely and. I think uh, Chivas, long term, they're they're under a lot of trouble because, uh, you know, there's no long term long term vision guy there anymore. No, and and that goes back to what I was saying, you know, a couple you know a couple shows ago when I was talking about you know, the merit that you know uh, America had in the 2002 you know build up of the league and the semifinal or the Libertadores, where at that time they were the only team. That not only qualified to the Liguilla, they made to, they made it to the final, but they also qualified to the semifinals of the uh, of the Copa Libertadores. For example, you know, uh, the the previous year, two thousand one, when Cruz Azul made it to the final, they bombed in, in in the in the regular you know league. So I I I think that if if Chivas does beat the the eventual winner of the Clausura Copa Mekis. And I, I really don't think that they're going to be able to handle both tournaments. And I think the the uh, relegation issue is still going to be an issue because oh. they're going to they're going to have to they're going to have to choose one tournament over another. And if I'm if I'm me, if I'm Chivas, I choose league right now just to build up the the relegation, get them out of the relegation zone. 
I think they might be. Is, isn't the ticket for 2017? Uh, that's right. Libertadores. Yeah, so that's I, right. I think, I think uh, with if they do well, you know, because they're like in what fourteenth uh, or thirteenth or something uh, position in the percentage. Uh, no, they're in sixteenth. They're in sixteenth out of what? Yeah. Like uh, eighteen. So that means that the next, even the uh -huh. next, within the next year, the next two tournaments after this one, it you know the relegation is still going to be. Pretty still going Yeah, it's going to be a, still going to be a problem. You know, maybe not a, a huge problem, but. It'll be a relative problem. So, again, will they be able to split their squad again for two tournaments? And at some point, they're probably going to have to throw away the Libertadores if they, if they even qualify. You know what? So it'll, it's, be, it's hard. It'll, be, it'll be three tournaments, mm -hmm. right? Or is the Copa Libertadores participant not in Copa MX? Uh, not, not in that Copa MX. It's the last I recall. Okay. Because I know the, the Conca Champions teams aren't as well, right? Yeah, they're not. Yeah, that's right. They're excluded from it. You know, I wanted to comment like specifically on this tournament because uh, like I listened to Barack Fever on you know whatever show he's on Raza Deportiva, I think, and like his point was kind of like, oh, I'm not even gonna talk about uh, Copa Mekis because it's a joke, and <laughs> you know it's a joke tournament. Uh, there should only be one cup per year. Uh, you know, it's it's a it's a tournament for reservas and. And I was to me those are all red flags because I know he's one of the one of the Euro snob guys that says, hey, you know, we need to have a youth movement in Mexico. And I think I think Copa this tournament is yeah, Copa Mekis, that's exactly what it does. It, Copa Mekis is great because it, it, it helps out the youth movement, but more than anything, it attracts investors in, in non football in, in football markets that weren't really investing in football. So when you, you so when you have teams like Coras and you know you know all these Juarez. teams Juarez, all these teams that are basically you know playing against the you know even if it's one time or two times a year, mm -hmm. it, it it's good because it builds up a following. I mean, Leon, you, go ahead, go ahead. I was just gonna make a quick comment. Leon didn't even play Mar uh, Marco Bueno last night, and I was like, that that's an excellent youth player. Where I, I saw Leon's game last week in the league, and he came on and he was he provided a spark, but this game. He didn't even get playing time. Yeah, he was pretty good in the Olympic qualifiers too, and and uh, I was surprised in the last sub last night for for Leon was um, Miguel Sava, which mm -hmm. kind of puts things into perspective a little bit with regards to um, how some teams approach this tournament. Because you guys are absolutely right. I mean, this is an excellent outlet for the teams to play some of the younger team, the, the, the younger players. But at least give it enough respect where, you know, you, you, you make it know that, that the game matters to you. When some coaches go on and, and publicly state that they don't really see much importance in the tournament, that is absolutely, it's the wrong way to go. Especially with the resurgence that we're seeing with the youth development in Mexico recently, which is in, embodied by this under-17 team that we're going to talk about anyway. And why, why didn't Salcedo play last night? You're surprised? Well, I mean, it seems like both Alan, teams had, uh, you know, they didn't, it wasn't like 100% starters. I mean, they still have, you know, Chivas has a huge game that they have to play in uh, against Dorados yeah. this weekend, yeah. which, is, which is, you know, massive. I mean, as, as you know, Copa, Copa Mexico is it's nice, but, and Leon has their little brother that they're playing, they're playing Pachuca, so 
Uh, yeah. you know, the thing that I liked about about the tournament is that game was was really fun to watch. I mean, it was it was back and forth, and uh, both teams had some really nice chances uh, uh, to score. They got a, uh, Chivas got a nice goal. Uh, it, it was pretty funny to see that got out there, you know, just trying to get any kind of positive publicity uh, with, with the way he was acting, you know, just to get his name in the paper for something, you know, for something good, which uh, is, 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 you know, whatever, you know, I mean, I understand why, why he's doing it, but, uh, you know, I, I mean, I like, I mean, I, you know, any, any, any time that there's, there's a tournament like this where, you know, it, like uh, Ronnie said, where it gets, uh, gets to places that we otherwise maybe wouldn't see on television or, uh, you know, give, gives a chance for, 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 other, for other players to play. You know, this is, you know, this Copa Mix is, I mean, you know, they have, what, what do they call that thing in England, the League Cup? Yeah, the, the Carling Cup or the Mill Cup, yeah, whatever, yeah, whatever exactly. it's called nowadays. And then they have, they, so, they so, like so, they, so they play two cups, right? They play the League Cup in the, the fall and the yeah. FA Cup in the spring. Oh, my the God, you Carling know, no one, no one seems to have a problem with that. Well, no, right, the contrast well, the difference with the Cardling Cup is that that's you know the the big teams take that serious towards the end. Right. No, I understand. Which is which is what you should do. I mean, which is what you should do. My big issue with with, with Copa Mekis is is just the fact that they have way too many games in the, in the, in the group stage. It's, it's ridiculous to have as many games as they do. Yeah. Um, no, I agree. Uh, I, I don't mind having a group group stage, but I mean to have a home and home when you have uh, like six other teams in the group. That is uh, excessive. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a little excessive, and they're all you know. And I understand why they do it, but if they could just limit that, and you know, you know, maybe do a thing where they just do a straight up uh, knockout tournament where it's well, what do they have? Thirty four teams, so like they have like two plans, and they make it thirty two teams, and just you know go for it. Uh, and I think they, they, you know, you know, that, of course that's going to be less games, so that's it's part of what they wouldn't do. But but just to mix it up, I mean, to have both formats for both seasons. I think it's a little much. So I mean, they have they have certainly uh, ways to take. I mean, that's what I thought. It'd be great to uh, have the Liga Mekis and the Ascenso Mekis play the two leagues up here. But, I that'd be but, fantastic. But my question is, what 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 cup anywhere in the world has a group stage? None. Uh, I don't see. Yeah, that further that further makes a point that a group stage in a cup makes zero sense. It should always be knockout from yeah, absolutely. day one. From day one. No, it's well, maybe that's part of the plan, no? Like to like sort of maybe establish it and then maybe tweak it later, because it would make sense to do this once a year. There should be one cup, but then you you'd also could say the same about the league. There should be one league <laughs> that would probably be better, I think. But one girl, two cups. You can't, yeah. So how are you going to justify doing the cup, the 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 Copa MX as a as a one tournament a year, and still have two short tournaments that encompass the entire calendar year? For the ten months or whatever, so I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I don't. I don't have any idea right now what could be done to, to sort of maybe. I don't know. If you got two like chances the, to win the the Mexican Liga MX uh, league, you know, to win that one, you have, you have two chances per year, but you only got one chance of Copa MX. It's obviously gonna make the other cup more important, you know. Mm. At least it will. At least uh, that's my opinion. Mm. Well, I mean, if anything, maybe what it'll do for the the teams is, you know, is for a guy like Tuca to hey, you know what, these young guys are actually pretty good. Maybe I have to play them more. You know, you know, you know, any 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 chance we can get the younger players 
that always it, get blocked by you know promoters or you know a team has nine foreigners on the team. They got to play five of them. You know, it's just stuff like that. It just it's is there uh, is there any Chivas fans right now? Like on the on the uh, call? No. Joel's one. Reza's one. Who else? Christian. Christian. Oh, Oh my! I thought they were. I thought they were celebrating right now. Still, <laughs> they're, they're, they were. They were in Guadalajara. They went to the went to see the parade today. See, that's what cracked me up. It reminded me of when Real Madrid got you know had the parade for the Copa del Rey because they finally won something. You know, instead but, of Barcelona for the first time in however many. But years. but my question. <laughs> but my question is, do you? Have, I, I don't want to rehash this because I feel like I feel like I feel like it's been probably talked about at at nauseum. But do you think? The the homegrown the homegrown uh, rule for uh, for Chivas is what's hindering it because it's pretty hard to not necessarily I think that uh, you know personally I think that you know the, the fact that they that they only play Mexican players makes makes mm-hmm. them have to pay a premium in the market I get that but my thing is then fucking pay the, excuse me, then just pay the premium you know pay the premium and and get the best players. Mm-hmm. Well, they oh. they spent money, but but How they spent it kind of in a very weird way because the players that they spent money on, they paid ten million dollars essentially for Brizuela or something like that. You know, something exorbitant amount of money, and they claimed that Oribe Peralta was not in the market; they wouldn't sell him, and then he ended up going to America. So it's it's a weird thing, but it, uh, on the real, as some would say, Chivas has always found a way to compete. Mm-hmm. You know, so I don't know if it's too early to say that they're not going to be able to adapt to uh, to whatever environment is, is is going on now regarding the strength of the league. Well, I want to add on to what Christian is saying. There really hasn't been money. Um, Chivas has been losing money. I don't I don't know if the club or just Vergara, but he he um has been one that. of the has been one of the reasons why some seasons he would say that no one wanted to sell. Another season, he said uh, the fans were the refuerzo, and uh, but he he was even having problems paying the stadium. So that's that's kind of why you have Higuera, and the whole Angelica Puentes thing plays into it because she was stealing supposedly from uh, yeah from the Omni Life. Right. So yeah, there there's been money problems that they just haven't they just haven't addressed. They're not gonna say it. So so that that kind of affected because they would sell players. They, and then they wouldn't replace them, so you'll end up with with very inexperienced players. They weren't able to step up, and and that happened a lot. After they got rid of Tapatio, they just had the players from the under 20, on the under 17 leagues, and they weren't ready for first division. And it was one of the things that also affected um Fierro because they they were That's he just true. wasn't ready, and they were throwing him in there, and and then um that's that's all. Coras comes into play as well, because then they ended up, they ended up, uh, they were trying to get Coras, they were trying to buy it, but they ended up having some sort of deal, and that's where Delos Lopez was playing. So I mean, it, it that's been Chivas' problem, not they're broke. <laughs> uh, somebody, somebody brought up a very interesting question that I thought we should uh, ask the panel here: is uh, how do you build cup prestige? You know that that's actually a question. What do you guys think? Well, just start winning. 
I mean, that's really the only thing. You have to start winning. And, and you know, one of the comments earlier today that's saying that, you know, I, I forget who said it, but saying that, you know, Chivas has usually found a way to win. I would argue that. I, I, serious, I seriously would and, and for the sole purpose of they went like 17 years, something like that, without, you know, winning a title. They, they like the last one that they won. They won like basically from like in 1970, and then they didn't win one. In fact, let, let me look it up. So I mean, it, they've gone through huge spells after the, the whole Campeonissimo. They've gone through huge, huge spells of not being able to win. I, I uh, think ten years is the most they've gone. No, they they, uh, they, they last won one in 1970 or 71, exa- or maybe exactly. 69. From the 80s, and, and then they no, didn't no, win no. one again till 87. Look, look, look. From 1970. From seventy to eighty-seven, that's seventeen years, and then from eighty-seven to to the verano ninety-seven, that's ten years, and then you know the the last one was uh, two thousand six. So basically, yeah, so it was ten years. Yeah, they're right on schedule, <laughs> so they won't win when they won't win one again until twenty twenty-four. You know, and but that's, that's a better record than Atlas. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> you know, uh, so I. I understand why they're still considered the big four because they have produced some good teams, but eventually, I mean, they haven't they haven't been consistently. They've been like Cruz Azul. Cruz Azul had that golden, you know, uh, you know, era in the seventies, and then, well, I, I I feel I feel bad for Cruz Azul because they've actually been consistent. They've they've put themselves in positions to win. They just screw it up. Ronnie, you know? would you blame Billy Alvarez? <sighs> you, you know what? I'll, if I may, I'll make the analogy with the Buffalo Bills. You know, they went to the Super Bowl four times, and lost some people all lost all of them. Yeah. <laughs> the fact that you, the fact that you can get in a position to win, yeah, it's awesome. the grand, yeah. in the grand, in the grand scheme of things, it, it, it does say something. Now, right now, Billy Alvarez, the, the team, they haven't, they haven't put the team in a position to win. You know, like you know, they made like four or five finals, like you know, in two thousand eight, two thousand like two thousand nine, and then obviously two thousand thirteen. You know, for years, uh, Cruz Azul is a team that like they 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 would hit the they would do really well with the, with with the players they would bring in. Yeah. And and lately they've been striking out and whipping, and that that's why they're having problems right now. But but you're right though. I mean, over the past ten fifteen years, they've you know they're always in the thick of it. And you know whether they make you know whether they make final they obviously they make the Liga at least so they're in the you know semifinals or whatever it is. It's just yeah they just can't. Uh, I mean it's <laughs> they're they're finding new and dramatic ways to you know when when you lose as much as they do you have to start getting really creative. I mean Mexico is the same way in the World Cup. I mean Mexico's lost the round of sixteen games and each one of those has been a completely different way of doing. Yeah. You know, it's, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, so they're so. Uh, la- last, last thing regarding Chivas, they they face they face Dorados, which is a key game because both of them are in the relegation zone, and then after that they go, they 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 play uh, Santos, which uh, uh, they're still in the running, they're still run in the running for the for the Liguilla, the playoffs. You know, honestly, it's going to be interesting to see if they make if they don't make the playoffs, how much they're going to be bragging about the Copa Mekis. That, that's kind of like what I want to see, because I mean, it, it just seems like a lot of the, the the remarks that you know that the players have been saying and Vergara have been saying about the you know about the cup and everything like that. I just it just seems like they were premature. <laughs> I think it'll just fade away. America won their won the league uh, not too long ago, so it's still fresh in everyone's mind. But not fresh in my mind. I have, did they, I have did a... they win the league? Yeah. yeah. 
I have a question though. The, do you think is it going to take a golden generation for Chivas to be back to where it once was? I think they just have to be shrewd. I mean, you know, like Ajoli said, it's just it's unfortunately for them that they've, you know, the fact that Vergara doesn't have any money in a team like Chivas to meet that, 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 that has been terribly mismanaged. Because you negotiate your own television contract, you're easily the most popular team, you know, in, in the whole of Mexico. So you should be able to do very well with that. I mean, and if you don't have to go with Televisa either. I mean, you know what? If ESPN wants to offer me, wants to overpay or Fox or, you know, anybody else, then, you know, so be it. You know, we'll take the money. So the fact that, that that's happened, I think, is, uh, is, is, is really just shameful. And, uh, you know, the, the stadium has just been a complete disaster. I mean, it's like, like did they not do the studies, like traffic studies and this and that? I mean, if, 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 if Sunday is the, the, the bad day, and there's only like a two-lane road to get in there. Then play on Friday night. You know, play on Friday night. Play, you know, play Saturday afternoon. Why do you guys have to play Sunday in the afternoon if it's like the worst possible time for y'all to play? It just, it's just some of the decisions that they've made have just been baffling. And it's a terribly managed team. And I think the best thing that could happen to Chivas is if, is if somebody, if they just, if he just unloads it, makes his money, and 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 lets somebody that knows what they're doing, I, I'd or, like or, to, or, or 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 the new owner hire somebody. Uh-huh. Who knows what they're doing to, to can, manage. Can Vergara buy their own golden generation? They had Why? one. They already had one. Yeah, they they won the last. Uh, no, they, they had. A, they, they had. They had. A, they they produced really good players. Salcido, Massa, you know, a bunch of these guys. They produced okay. a bunch of them. And you know what? Those those came from the promotora. Yeah, that, and that's and which leads me to another thing. I was going to say that the best thing that Chivas that could happen for Chivas, you know, is for the law to be upheld. And for Chivas, like the prom, not not the promotora, the, the actual you know the 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 AC the Association Civil, for them to take back control of the club, the club itself, the club because technically they they're still the owners. I mean, there's th- there's already been three tribunals that have said yes, you guys are the the actual owners. Vergara owns the team. They, he controls the team under Chivas de Corazon, uh, LLC or SADCBE or something like that. You know, they got no. Omni Omni Life Chivas. Yeah, it's the only thing Chivas. Technically, the the Asociación Civil, they're still the rightful owners of Chivas, according to three tribunals. And uh, I mean, uh, honestly, you know, we don't know their fin- we don't know Vergara's financial, you know. Uh, no, we don't. And, uh, we don't. Well, I mean, we have. You could you could tell how bad it's been because uh, he had to sell the Chivas jet. I don't know. You guys remember? Uh, he sold. He sold. They, they sold. You know. If, if, if you know, they, they sold. They sold the uh, their installations, their uh, their training facilities. Yeah. For for obscene amount of money. He if, had to. Wait, if he. That, if that was if that money if that if the if the club still operated as a club, that money would have had to go back to the club. We don't know. We don't know if it got a pocket of the money or if he was you know basically kiting money. You know, I don't paying, know if you guys... Peter paying Peter to pay, you know you know Rob. I don't know if you guys remember, but when he when he took over the club, he uh, Chivas used to have a contract with Coca Cola, and he got rid of it yeah. so he could promote Chihuahua Cola, which was from his uh, Omni Life products. And now, yeah. and now you can see how bad it is because every time he does a press conference, there's a Damn. bottle of Pepsi right in front of him. Well, so I just Chihuahua I, Cola. I remember that. I, I've, <laughs> I've always questioned the club's finances because they had a they had a, 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 a an airplane. And then next thing you know, they had to sell it. Uh, remember, Vergara famously said, "You know, we're not going to prostitute our, take, our, our our shirt." They know, take it today the order to games, so that's their method of transportation. <laughs> but uh, we better we better get moving on to. Uh, so, what do you guys want to talk about? Um, 
Under 17 or Osorio? La convocatoria. We already talked about the U17 World Cup, right? No? No, not yet. No. We're saving that till last so we can... Uh, I don't want Cry. to start crying right now. Oh, I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> 17-year-old kids, I mean, honestly, how can you get excited or, you know, whatever about 17-year-olds? That sounds bad. How can you get excited about 17-year-old kids? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the call-up then? Uh, sure. No, I, did, I didn't really see any, uh, with uh, Osorio's call-up, I didn't see any surprises, really. I mean, other than Pumas, which, uh, I mean... You, you guys are not surprised with Ochoa? Memo Chad, that was a terrible call-up, man. Uh, no, it's it's not because that's the guy that played the World Cup, you know, two years ago. So, I mean, there are, and he uh, wasn't... There, are there are players that that uh, it made sense. Ronnie's absolutely right. I mean, the Pumas guys are are yeah, obviously you know they're the flavor of the month right. They're the flavor of the month right now. So, I mean, it makes sense. It's a, it's a perfect. I mean, I think the the omission of even Giovanni dos Santos is. Not all that surprising. Oh, that's understandable. He's playing in the MLS, of course. Well, well no, he's, he's, he's no longer playing right now. Mm. Exactly. Well, that he wasn't he a great guy that wasn't playing well to begin with. So, yeah, he and, wasn't doing know, very well at all. And the argument would would be, well, you know, what's his name? Memo's not really playing, but he is. He's playing the cup, and he's also training every day. We don't know, if, you know, you know, what's his name is not going to be training every day right now, uh, Giovanni. Okay, yeah. I mean, he, I think he's, you know, he's obviously come in. I'm not really sure he's going to play. I'm not sure he's going to start. I think he's, uh, I think Osorio's going to go with one of the two goalies from the league, you know, whether it's Moy or even Talavera. Dude, I guarantee so, you Ochoa starts in the Azteca, and he will, and he will, if he makes, if he even is, is pushed to make a save, it'll be a shot. Seriously. Well, I mean, that, that game I mean, against yeah. El Salvador is going to be one-way traffic. I'm not saying they're going to win eight nothing, but. If 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 yeah. El Salvador manages to get like one shot on goal, I'd be shocked. Yeah, I expect the yeah. team to come out, you know, yeah. uh, a little spry and ready to uh, to make an impression. Yeah. So, um, I mean, and generally speaking, I mean, I think the team has been playing. There's been good games the last, you know, eight or nine games. The team has played well, uh, you know, more so than not. So, I, I do expect that to continue. I mean, you know, regardless of the opponent. Um, but uh, I, okay, let's see what Choa starts uh, at Azteca. Uh, I don't know if he'll start at Honduras, to be honest. No, I don't think he would actually. I think that he would go with somebody who's uh, been playing a little longer. Yeah, I mean, I, I would agree with you there. And so you know, and, and, and so let's say that. And then, are we going to see a lot of different players for both games? I mean, I, I'm expecting that. And if it doesn't happen, I think I'll be a little, probably a little disappointed. Do you, think, he, do you think he should line up something similar to what Tuca had for the U.S. in the uh, lineup? I'm pretty sure that Tuca probably uh, – he and Tuca had a talk and said, hey, you know, I'm sure Tuca's like, how can I help you? And he's like, so, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me at all if, if... – for the, for the home game, yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm glad that he called up uh, Dan from Pachuca. I really am. I mean, they got, yeah, I've watched a couple of Pachuca's, you know, last couple games. And, I mean, obviously, the, the kid has, you know, he's you know, explosive on the flanks. And, uh, yeah, you know he's with Tigres now, right? Oh, shit, that's right, that's right, that's right. <laughs> no, 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 I, I even tweeted, I even tweeted, you know, I, sorry, sorry, I said my Pachuca, I meant to, but I even tweeted, uh, uh, I think I was tweeting with Holy about, you know, uh, you know, he basically was 
serving up, you know, half goals to uh, Gignac. Yeah, yeah. And I, you know, I was tweeting that, you know, and I, I'm glad that, that he called him up because, I mean, I, I think, you know, mm-hmm. he's, he's been doing pretty well. And, Even uh, then, I mean, it, he also called in um, Aquino, and, and that's probably a guy that I don't know if I would have brought in. I mean, he did have a good game last weekend, but um, I feel like he, does, he never quite made that, uh, you know, that little jump to make his all the work that he does actually count for something. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, he he's a very frustrating player to watch, and 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 really the strength of the formation should suit him, but it's it remains to be seen if he's actually going to take advantage of the formation and, and really contribute, because I don't feel like he contributes when he plays for the national team, and it kind of sucks because you know he does like ninety percent right, and then the you know and then it's just like and then it just it's a letdown. Um, I would have preferred if he's going to bring uh, Jurgen Dam. I would have preferred probably Lozano or even like Elias Hernandez or some, someone else other than Aquino. He just kind of, yeah, I just, I hope he yeah, doesn't Yeah, but I don't, think, I don't think Aquino's going to play, though. I mean, yeah. yeah. I'm, uh, one, of the things, one of the things that, and the reason I say I like, you know, damn, you know, on the team is because uh, I obviously, I expect, you know, Mexico to play against, you know, two teams that are going to park the bus. And I, one of the ways, you know, to beat... To beat that is to beat is for a player to be able to beat you on the flank on one on ones, and I, he's got the speed, and obviously he can send some nice you know crosses into 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 the box, and uh, I, I I hope he plays. I really do. I really hope he plays. Well, if he does play, I mean, does Miguel Ayun play behind him? Because that would be pretty that would be pretty aggressive. I mean that. That's something I'd like to see at home at a Azteca, to be honest. Well, you're gonna. Ha- I mean, you're you're gonna have to take long shots. And Layun, obviously, he, you know, and I said this couple, of, you know, podcasts before, you know, Layun when he was in the Mexican league in the Liga Mekis, you know, he would take some really nice, you know, shots on goal from from mid range. Uh, so I mean, obviously, you, I, I, it's gonna, I don't think we're gonna be able to tiki taka. I mean, honestly. So I'm not I sure this I, team is really that that this squad is is built for that sort of patient uh, build up. I think, I think, uh, I, I think with we'll see well, something a little different. Not with Juan Carlos, sorry, it's always been kind of blitzkriegish. It's always been, you know. Yeah, well, he's right, even so that, said that'll that will definitely suit. This yeah. will suit this player pool. He's that even said Aquino. that in the when he plays it's, the home games, he's he's like, I'm gonna, I'm, uh, I'm like, I'm there to attack. I know that they're gonna park the bus. He says we're gonna attack and we're going to, you know, I mean, he, you know, he pretty much said it. I mean, they're gonna be running like a like a like a three two five practically. I mean, he is. Like, yeah, four two four two four. I think that's what he said. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. It's gonna, right. it's gonna look yeah, like a four two four. A four two four. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, like the, the guy that even pointed out, he said, he said Hulit can be my guy to to set up the uh, to set up the forwards like he does in Leo. And he says he says he's really good. And, and frankly, I mean, yeah, you guys are right. Though I mean, I think that this for, for with what he wants to do. See, and then that's why people are. I, I think that this isn't gonna be. I don't think the transition is gonna be as uh, severe as it was like for Sven. Or for uh, well, mainly for Sven, I guess it'd be like the, the closest comparison, where they had no idea what he was going to play, and then uh, his, you know, he's in the middle of a transition. I mean, these guys have been playing together and playing pretty well together for the past, you know, year, year and a half. Mm-hmm. Right, and, 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 and that's going to help a lot. And uh, you know, you know, as as Roy said, for the to beat the to beat the bunker, you're going to have to go down the sides. And you need players with good individual skill, and we have that with Dom. We have that with 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 Tecatito, who can certainly do that. And but, uh, and, and the most important thing of all is is that the guys, you know, the 
the key players have been playing have been playing well. You know, Chicharito is, is totally on fire. I mean, imagine if he was like this in 2013, you know, coming in, you know, across the world and playing. And, you know, he was the, you know, the poor guy I hadn't been playing. He was just, he was in a massive slump. And he, and he put all the pressure on himself to, uh, yeah, to you know, to, to, to try and carry the team. And, I mean, he just, you know, yeah, I feel for the, the guy. The team I mean, was really a did. bottle, yeah, it was a bottle rocket back then. And, and I yeah. think the players themselves know that. So I... I I think they, they, they should have an idea of what, what to expect and um, hopefully take advantage of, of that sort of experience because the problem, like Atracho was saying, you know, Juan Carlos Osorio is coming into a situation where he might think he knows what he's getting into and he might have an idea, but none of us really know how this is going to play out. I think after the last World Cup qualifiers, I'm, I'm really not ready to, to, to be so assured that, that things are going to go smooth or, or you know, regardless of how well the team is playing. I'm, I, yeah, I, I mean, think we saw something very, very interesting he, he's 43 gonna, or whatever. I'm thinking in CONCACAF, I mean, it's just in Con, it's just CONCACAF. I mean, it's never been as easy as people think. I agree. It should I absolutely be. agree just, with you. It's, and, and, and it's not, and it's not just because of player performance, whether it be, uh, whether it's player performance or like, you know, uh, whether it's, uh, the environment, it's it's just it's just it's, I mean that's just what it is. Concap always throws you know another X factor. It'd be bad refereeing, whether it be uh, you know a, a player just playing out of his mind because he's playing against Mexico, you know. Yeah, I I agree. I don't think Osorio. He may think he knows what he's getting into. I know that he doesn't. I mean, he's gonna have the the press, and I, I think eventually they'll get to him. Uh, it, it, it is. I mean, yeah, I mean, I've, Aguirre said it before many times. That's true. You know, if you if you beat you know El Salvador three nothing, four nothing, mm-hmm. what are they going to say? Oh, it's just El Salvador. If you beat mm-hmm. them one, you know, if you beat them one nothing, oh, what if it's a pathetic performance? Even mm-hmm. if they park the bus, oh, it's a pathetic performance. I mean, because you know we expect the team to ganar, golear y gustar. Yeah, which is completely unrealistic, I think. And, um, but. And not because of a quality issue, simply because, um, you know, the, the other team also, you know, can do enough to complicate things, you know. And it, 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 it is. Know, that's what it is. And, and, and honestly, it would serve Osorio to, you know, to basically put aside his ego if he has one and talk to La Volpe, talk to La Puente, talk to, obviously, he's spoken with Mejia Baron, and talk to these guys and see what, you know, what they faced, because I mean, honestly, and you guys know me, I, I've always liked La Puente. I've always thought he was just a great tactician. And uh, I mean, te- for some reason, La Puente, you know, both the club and national team, is you know, he he used to find a way when teams would bunker, he wouldn't press. He would do sometimes do little cheeky things as to give the ball to the you know to the uh, to the op- opposition and let them come out. You know, like the the cat the the, 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 mouse, the mouse and the cat game to try to find some spaces. And I, honestly, I think I think Mexico they're gonna come. I think they're gonna. I don't think it's gonna be easy. You know? I think I, La Puente had easier times back then with bunker teams because you know the teams were just not the, the same quality that they have now at bunker. I, I just I, remind well, me what remind um, me again what happened against Angola, dude. What's that? Pern Pern was saying La Volpe had an easy time with bunker teams. No, like, what, what happened at the World Cup with Angola? I said La Puente. My apologies. 
Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, certainly in the, in the early in the early to mid '90s, the teams weren't nearly as uh, as, <laughs> as as strong as they are now. But you know, playing better. There's I've, there's no but the, but the I mean, it's just. But look, this is this is the thing. I'll give you a, a quick blitz analysis of uh, El Salvador. I think the um, you know what I mean. Uh, the biggest thing what El Salvador has, I've, this is going to be the matchup, if anything, that makes a difference, whether it's good or bad for El Salvador and Mexico. It's the coaching prowess of both Osorio versus Maradiaga. Y'all, have to, y'all can't forget that El Primi has been around the CONCACAF block several, ti- several times. He played... He beat, he's beaten Mexico <clears throat> before with with Honduras back when yeah. 01, 02. He, but that was but he had a good team. He had you know Pavon. He had those guys. Hello. Yeah. I don't think I don't want him to underestimate El Salvador. Whether it no, is I don't at think home, he's going to under, underestimate anybody. I mean, he he can't afford to underestimate anybody. Exactly. His team can't afford to underestimate anybody. Exactly, and the thing also, El Salvador kind of know they have nothing to lose. You know, if you lose, well, okay, well, you lose in a, you know, you lose in Mexico, okay, well, that's kind of expected. But if you win, then what? You know, and you're looking at a, a a lot of young players, like someone alluded to earlier, said they have something to prove. You know, so I, they, I, I, I honestly, if this was me, if I was the you know the Mexican you know delegation, I, I would sit the I, I would set up the Salvadorian you know players in like. The poshest neighborhood yeah, the in Mexico City, right. five star. You know, throw them hookers and everything. Just you know, really, really, you know, set these guys and give these guys the works. You know, just so they well, you know, throw them just, off. Well, just, that's just, not gonna work. Would, I think Atracho has a perfect point because I don't think it would work. Because Primi, he kind of, I mean, he's such a he. He's really. I've met Primi before. So he's I, but he's the, strict. The, he's strict. The, the reason I say that is these guys are these guys are in the what twenty three. They, you know, they have You know, it's a young team. So mm-hmm. you, you you show them wine and women. You know, yeah. some of them may crack. <laughs> well, I don't think it has to come to that, but strategy <laughs> it should. Yeah, it should. absolutely not. <laughs> Lawrence Taylor used to do that. He used to send uh, <laughs> he used to send hookers over to his uh, the guy who was going to go up against the night before game. Yeah. Tell us more about move. that. Hey, what happened? That all right, so uh, are, are we done with the uh, Osorio? Sure. I, I, yeah, I, like I said, not a lot of big surprises. I think, I think, I, I think, I think as the game goes on, if they don't score, it's going to be a problem. I think it's going to be a problem. Because you have, again, I mean, you have a young kid. You have, what, youth 23s or whatever, whatever it may be. The longer they think they can win this game and be in this game, it's going to get much more tougher. Well, of course. For I mean, that's the problem that Mexico has. But if Mexico gets an early goal, then all bets are wrong. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's true. That's, and that's what I think. It, the quickest they can get a goal. But, yeah, the quickest they can get a goal, it'll, it'll pipe. It'll pipe just. Yeah, you I was know, because we, we did that against Honduras in 2013, and we ended up losing the game. So Yeah, but that um, was. The, but that's no, different. I understand. I understand. Well, I yeah. mean, yeah, but. Homeboy you know, decided to park the bus himself, and it didn't work. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then he didn't he didn't adjust to Suarez's adjustments at halftime. All right, uh, yeah, under seventeen now. Yep. I, I'm I'm just sad that they're eliminated. I'm you know I think that overall they played well. Uh, played really well. 
they just they just need a finish, and it's the same. It's the same, you know. Played really well. Criticism, you know, of Mexican teams. I mean, this is something Pelé said back in the 1960s of Mexico. He said that he'd never seen a team attack so much, put themselves in a position to to win, and not score. And I think that's always been our problem. Yeah, I think I mean, also. I think just Nigeria yeah, had, think, had a better team too. They had yeah. some good strength on the ball. I don't. I'm not. I'm not disrespecting Nigeria, but there's, you're not going to convince me, and, and not because I'm stubborn, but you're not going to convince me that they're a tactically and technically better team. I think yeah. they're good. good yeah. Yeah. Tacti- tactically, you know, physically, they, 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 yeah, physically they're 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 big boys. Yeah, yeah. And, and and they're and they're fast. You know, they're fast kids. But as far as tactically, as far as tactically, I mean they. No. I, I mean, I, Mexico I tweeted, was the better team today. I, you know, I, I, I tweeted, I tweeted, uh, um, you know, when, when, you know, Nigeria scored the third goal. Mm-hmm. That, that stemmed out, that stemmed out out of a, a Mexican air. You know, there's, there's a time wait, in wait. a place, there's a time in a place, there's a time in a place to do little back, fl- you know, back heels and and and, and the little tricks and stuff like that. Yeah, you know, true. there's, there's a times and place to do that, and it just, it, it pissed me off. That these kids at time would get a little too comfortable in the attack because they knew that they they had they were superior, but they just you know, they just were not. I don't know. It was lack of concentration. I I mean I I don't know, but uh, they, no, I, they, that's that's a, I think that's a. I've seen that uh, throughout the tournament. There have been times when they sort of got a little too cute. Uh, yeah, exactly. But but you know they were they were winning the games and they were still you know exerting themselves on the games and and ultimately you know. Coming out on top, so you sort of overlook those things because, you know, in the flow of the game, they end up sort of working out. But I mean, today there were some very specific individual errors that sort of uh, it does leave you with a bad taste. Like this team did enough to really, I think, to win this game or at least bring it to penalty kicks. And um, no, they should have won. They should have won. They should have won. They had they had to put away their chances, man. I mean, before before Nigeria had one one shot. Uh, it was like Mexico, six. Mexico, Mexico, yeah. Mexico, Mexico had already six. had three of them. So I mean, at one point the game should have been three, uh, three nothing. But 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 some of it you have. To, I mean, it, it, it got to be bad luck. It even bad. when they were down, man, they they missed a bunch. Like uh, who was it? The uh, defensa esquivel. They brought it down. Yeah, yeah, bounced Point. off and bad took, luck. Yeah, hit the post. Bad yeah, yeah. Bad that bad that was just a bad idea. I think he tried to he tried to one touch it uh, to his you know. Across the goal to his to his two open teammates, I think. Yeah. I think that shows a lack of character because he could have brought it down and finished it. But you know what I wanted to say was uh, to bring the club rivalries in here. It was uh, it was the Chivas players that kind of kept us in the game with Cortez, uh, you know, driving up the right wing. Oh, that was, and, yeah, uh, that was a great. That was just an absolutely awesome play by him. Um, I was listening and to he, a stream and and and, and, and uh, it, it was kind of buffering, so all I could hear was a narration and. It was an Argentine dude, and he just—it it was amazing when I actually saw the replay because he's been doing this kind of like throughout the entire tournament, and but he was sticking more towards like the flanks and, and sort of trying to do combination and, yeah. and feeding other guys. And this one run, he just kind of found a space and just took it and got all the way in and actually finished. How often do we see players that get in there only to blow the last pass or or to shoot over the bar? He he got all the way in and just tucked it in. It was. Absolutely an amazing technical play, and he's—I think he's one of the standout players for the tournament. You just I will, gave I will me say one thing about that. flashbacks. I will say one thing about that play, though. Yeah. 
Yeah. It was, it was like a perfect storm for him. The the play the Nigerian players were perfectly you know it was like a, a hole right through for him, yeah, and then the Mexican players were yeah, on the side. Right through. Yeah. So the pass was there on either side for him. That's why Nigeria didn't converge on him, and then, so he just cut in. He didn't even have to move the ball that much. It was pretty much a straight line. The last defender on the right, he did move it to the left. It was pretty slick how he moved it to the left and then back to the right for the shot. Yeah. Uh, it was it was actually a really you know <clears throat> direct sort of play. It wasn't like the messy play where he dribbles like all around all kinds of defenders. Um, not to be a hater or anything, but I mean it was a it was a nice play, but it wasn't as spectacular as. Oh, hater. <laughs> yeah, but you know the, the fact that I mean, if he has the awareness to actually you know see that and do it, I mean that says a lot. It was, like, it was sort of like there was nowhere else to go. I mean, I was going straight. These guys aren't converging on me. I'm going straight. Yeah. And that last little like right right foot, just, you know, sort of cut. Right, but that, that, to me, that, that play within itself is is a is a nice play. But the fact that he finished it and brought us back into the game, sort of, I think. I don't know. Maybe, maybe you know. I'm looking at it from a from a. I kind of got on, you know, on top of the pedestal with him in a way. But uh, to me, it was a tremendous play. To be honest. So out yeah, of these I think guys, cold bloody finish. Out of these guys that, that played, um, I mean, the last couple of U17 teams that have gone to the final really. Uh, I mean, they've just produced just a handful of guys. I mean, not anyone that's uh, been like a world beater by any stretch. So is there anybody on the on this team that are that has the possibility to maybe, you know, make it as a pro within the next two years, let's say, two, three years? Uh, for me, definitely the two fullbacks, I think, uh, showed a really good all-around game, and I think uh, really good quality. Are you talking about you Torres, or, Torres or Lara? Tor- no, Torres, no, not Lara. I thought Lara had a bit of a shaky game, but obviously we, haven't, we didn't see much of him anyway. Not sure today's a really good sort of parameter for him. But I think that Cortez I'm sorry to cut you off, uh, Chris, but Torres was suspended for today's game, remember? No, no that's what I'm saying. Like the, I'm talking about Torres specifically, not not, uh, not Lara. Torres and Cervantes, yeah. Both, both, yeah, both the fullbacks that played throughout the Cortez, tournament. Cortez. To me Cortez. Are, right, Cortez and, and, uh, and Torres. Um, both of them, to me, were the, the two of the standouts, along with Lopez and I think both Magaña and uh, Lara both had pretty good games today, and not, I'm not sure they were that good throughout the tournament, but they were good. To me, the weakest link was uh, Samudio. He got a lot of minutes and scored a goal or two, but uh, as of the entire unit, I thought he was the weakest link out of the players that played the most minutes. I like the goal. I think, I I think, think today. I like the goal. Yeah, Romero was very good, too. A, a comment on the goalie. Um, on the first two oh, bullets, on the rifle shots that he got scored on, the, the little steps that he made, uh, I think it was on the free kick, the step that he made was too short for him to even yeah. reach. Not that he would have anyway, but it was it was bad. Well, not only that, but his space was terrible. He was like... Yeah, he was too you know, far it, to the left. Yeah, yeah. it was... It was or to the was, right, yeah. And then the second one... He needed one, to be just was, on the edge of the wall, and he was nowhere yeah. near the wall. Yeah. No, he... The yeah, second one was yeah. harder. It well, that second one, I don't know if Romero scored or stopped it. Romero had one. two bad games. Romero, uh, he's uh, like a real prospect. I mean, he, he kind of draws attention. I mean, uh, he's a vocal. 
but I think uh, just two games in uh, you know World Cup tournament pretty much in the teams, teams. But if he grows from this, yeah. Yeah, he, he didn't have a particularly good game today, which uh, which is a shame because today was the the, the best possible scenario for him to shine, um, and that says a lot because he, he has been a good you know player throughout the tournament. Um, as far as how many of these guys will actually be professionals, I mean, we could just pretty much assume that most of them won't be like very good players or at least stand out at a professional level because. Like John you said, mean, yeah, I mean, out of yeah, even even if even at that level, I'm not sure because the last two <laughs> teams have only given us a handful of players. Like John was saying, but that's probably all we need anyway. So we don't need all these guys to be like complete standouts. We just need yeah. two or three to sort of and be good enough to start pushing up to the next next level. And yeah, and on average, it's, it's about five on average that will make it up the ranks. I like uh, yeah. I like Lopez at first, and he started to fade. And Aguirre hustles like no other. He sort of reminds me of the, the uh, what's that, Cesar Villaluz. But uh, he's probably not going to make it. Well, Villaluz. I think, yeah. Poor guy. Yeah, uh. <laughs> he's got some good hustle, though. Aguirre does. You know, I think Cervantes, Cervantes to me, is really a prospect. Not just because he's a Chivas player, but he's, but he's a really good uh, defensive mid in there. Right, well, yeah. Beto just said that Pablo Lopez sort of started dipping a little bit, and I think the opposite is true of uh, of Cervantes. I think he grew into the tournament and really became a player that was very, very interesting. He does a lot of things very well. Um, and, and if you look at uh, that tandem of Lopez and Cervantes, they're not the most physically imposing players, but they're, they were extremely smart, and they really did know what to do with the ball, and that's that's... Encouraging. I mean, I, I don't. As far as weak links, like if we were to think about the under twenty, their next turn, these guys going into the under twenty World Cup in, in, in two years, mm-hmm. um, it's hard to see a lot of players you would switch out of the out of the starting eleven right now. And that's right now. Uh, I think that with the two thousand thirteen team, there's players you could say were not really going to be part of the cycle going forward. Uh, you know, as the under twenty threes, under twenties. Which do you think, Kevin? Kevin Nada. Yeah, I think Lara, I think he doesn't have the speed to play on the wing. Yeah, yeah, uh, you're right. And you notice... He was not you, you know what, guy. I mean... Oh, he's a nifty player, he's very skillful, and when he moved mm-hmm. centrally, I think he had a better influence on the game, but... They had a chance in that game to go up, what, 2 3 nothing in the first 10 minutes? And, uh, yeah, yeah, they and blew him in the... Yeah. And with a team like Nigeria, you know, you can't you can't yeah. let a team like Nigeria once they whiff once they get a whiff of the first goal. That's yeah, they're like sharks, man. It's blood true. It's water. true. It was oh, the, the the right wingers. What's his name? The right wing, the Nigerian winger. That guy's amazing, man. Is it Okwono? Okwonko? I think it's Okwonko or something like that. Uh, is, I think that's the guy you're talking about. Um, individually, Nigeria did have some very very bright moments, especially. After they scored, when they tie the game, Mexico got really, they just clamped up a little bit, and that was bad because Nigeria had like 10 or, 10 or 12, 13 minutes there where they were just kind of like really, you know, after the first 15 minutes, they really got the ball, and they just started looking for that goal. And once they got it, I mean, you know, Mexico came out really well in the second half. Um, 
but then you know, and like like Catracho was saying, you know, they smell blood and they 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 took their chances. And that's really what it came down to. You know, the, I think the the subs didn't help the team. I think Arteaga choked on the subs. Well, the, the best players were on the field essentially, besides uh, mm. Edwin Lara. You know, there was mm. not that's that was what worried me because if there wasn't anyone to bring off the bench, I mean, Gurola was was Gomez. decent. You know, right now Gomez, Gomez as well, but. Uh, I think you should I thought, him on it. I don't. Know, I I wasn't. I didn't get the feeling like the subs were going to make a difference. Um, the real you know, question I, is here: is how many of those Nigerians are over the age of seventeen? Yes, that's the real question. <laughs> you know, I think with the know. MRI scanning, they're they're close enough to where it doesn't make. I mean, maybe some of them might be like eighteen. I don't think it makes a big difference. I saw I saw a tweet that they were celebrating with their grandchildren after the game, though. Uh, <laughs> you know, I will say this about Nigeria, and I think that's why they have such a huge advantage in this level is the fact that they're just, you know, they've just they've just developed faster than 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 than, than other folks, yeah. and, and it gives them a huge yeah. advantage. And there's a reason why they've won this thing, you know, six or seven times, or however many times they've won it, because you know they their their growth spurts are. Or, or different than others. And... Well, I mean, not to be racist or anything, but if you just look at West <laughs> Africa... <laughs> what? Your audio, your audio wow. died. Genetically, oh, I don't mind that good off. Not, Those give us Google, man. Like, Google heard the word racist and they muted it immediately. Wow, that's <laughs> no, no. If you just hey, look man, at West Africa's, if, if you look at West Africa's period, you just genetically they do, probably don't have to do a push up a day in their life, but they'll probably have rib biceps. You know. I, I've seen it. I've seen it by my house, dude. They have the grave metabolism, so to speak. Oh, that's the, that's um, the natural strength, like yeah, man. That's but but speaking of skill from these guys, the the game before was in Mali. Yeah. yeah. Um, this guy was running on the right side, and instead of crossing with his right foot, he does a tres dedos cross with his with left. With his foot. left, yeah, it was that amazing. Was sweet, and it just went right to this one. It bounced off the guy's chest, I think, and the guy behind him picked up the goal. That was pretty. Those guys just are confident, man. Just no, it's, all kinds uh, of tricks and stuff. And what's crazy? And what's crazy was you know the U17 uh, during qualifying. There is a lot of criticism about Mexico not playing their best football. Yeah, we struggled a little bit, and, and and then somehow ended up, you know, winning. I we had a if you know Panama was was a little bit of a help there. Um, I I don't know. I I like the team as a whole. I think they had a pretty good tournament. I think we can, um, I think we can probably take third place. I, I haven't seen Belgium really, um, yeah, sort of not. kick into a next gear, you know, and so. I'm not sure if they, they don't have it or they just haven't reached it this tournament, yeah. but I think Mexico can, can sort of go into that game a little bit more confident There's one and thing take I third place. It's rotation time, though, guys. Mexico owns the Belgians. It's just, it's just I don't, the way it is. I don't think Belgium is That's that true. good. I, mean, yeah, yeah, that, I agree. Honestly, they're not, they're not that. They're not Nigeria. We put they're those not, Flemish shepherds in right in their place. <laughs> <laughs> they did it in 94, right? In uh, 86. 98. 98, we tied them. We came back and tied them. In 70, in 86. Yeah, we should have won the game. Thank you, Gabrito. Man. But the yeah, question is, but the question, all right, another question is, uh, how many of y'all expected Mexico to go this far prior to the World Cup? You know, you know a lot of people a, didn't think much of this team based exactly on what you said about the qualifiers. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, 
you know, it was a bit of a surprise. I mean, but it's also a short. It's a, t- it's a tournament, so you know, if you start off well, you can mm-hmm. build on that if you have a little bit of quality. Um, and obviously, you know, the cliche: once you get to the knockout rounds, it's whatever you can, you know, shoot for the stars. But but the team grew, you know, and and tactically, I thought they were one of the better teams at the World Cup. They they moved well. The spacing between the lines was good, and technically, there were there were some standout players, I think, and. It was enough to, to sort of progress to this level and definitely enough to make us think that we could have won the tournament if we got to the final. So I mean, and, and even when you just looked at the group stage, you know, you had a lot of skepticism with the fact that uh, you had Argentina and Germany. Germany, yeah. And no one would have thought, oh, yeah, Mexico is going to, you know, they're going to walk right through Germany and, you know. The fact right. that they did made it a little Wait, bit... Wait, there shouldn't be. You're, you're just saying names right there. Cause yeah, Germany. Right. Really at bad. this level, yeah. Argentina had a bad qualify. I mean, they qualified, but they weren't spectacular. And and Germany, at the youth level, they're not much of a presence. Yeah, Germany wasn't all. So, I mean, yeah, you could look at the names and and you'll discredit. Well, at the under seventeen level, I think you could say Germany maybe isn't, you know, up there. Like you know, under seventeens, you're talking about Nigeria, Brazil, you know, and Mexico as being like the more prominent teams at that level, especially recently. But at the under twenty level. It's a bit of a different story, I think, for yeah, Germany under twenty-one level, at least in Europe. Um, you know, and recently, I mean, they, you know, they, they've had some pretty very good young players. You look yeah, at the under seventeen. Ya cállate, chachalaca. Hey, no, but what I was gonna add about Germany is in this tournament, they uh, they pretty much tore open uh, Argentina, right? In the second game, they they beat Australia in their first game. What was it? I forgot the scores, but. I mean, they really tore Argentina a new one. So, I think in this tournament, Germany was kind of—they were showing they they're they're improving at the youth level at least, or taking this tournament more seriously. What I took away from this uh, tournament and just watching them play, especially that first Argentina game, is that, and then seeing some of the other games, is, is that they were, you know, one of the more advanced teams in the sense that. That 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 their passing and their knowledge of where each other was going to be was just light years ahead of, you know, ninety five percent of the teams that were in the tournament. And when I saw that, I said, "Man, this has this team has a really good chance to go far because they're you know they're playing at a completely different level than most of these teams." And, Absolutely. Uh, I mean, the, I mean, it, it was very noticeable. So I think that you know that that definitely is something that uh, that that you could take away from this tournament is the fact that they're you know whoever's doing the co- whoever is doing the coaching at this level. However, this particular coach, you know, if you learn from uh, from Potro, then I think that you know things are definitely on on the up and up. But you're right though, the U20 level. I mean, that you know, the you know that that's where it comes in, where a lot of these guys have been, you know, professionals for a few years. Uh, and you know, depending on what country you're in, you know, how much how much playing time are you going to get to where you know are you on playing on a reserve side or, or are you you know, in a, on loan somewhere, you know, what, what is your situation? And for, uh, you know, I think that, 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 that that's the next step, you know, that that's the step I think that for Mexico to really start taking off is for some of these really talented kids, if they have really talented kids, if they're 18, 19 years old, they have to play. You know, they, they just, they have to be able to get that experience. And, hey, but uh, maybe yeah, they need to yeah. transition, transition them, you know, kind of not rush them, too soon to the first team, but kind of, you know, let them pro- let them kind of make their way, their way up without, 
kind of artificially. Well, eat, well, that's so. fine. I mean, and if that's the case, then you know, then then send them on loan to the second division. But you know, just to have them on your team just to sell tickets and not play. I mean, what's the point? John, John, second division is just as bad. They'll be like a forty-year-old Uruguayo dude getting the playing time. Well, then, if, if that's the case, then, you know, maybe maybe it's, maybe it's time to start thinking about loaning these guys out to, to different countries. But you know what? It's interesting. You mentioned it. La, La Volpe was talking about making second division into just Mexican players. You know, the, that would be a great idea, I think. Or at least, you know, if they're going to have foreigners, you can only have, like, three, you know, three maximum instead of 11 or whatever the hell it is. How much do you guys think that uh, the difference in quality between Nigeria and Mexico? Because I remember hearing uh, some of the Niger most of the Nigerians they were in Europe already and in youth nah. clubs, uh, nah, youth I think academies they, I think out individually, there. Individually, they had more talent. Nah. I, but, I thought, you know, as far as the way they played as a team, I thought Mexico was far was was far superior. But individually, I think you know, I think I mean, I mean some guys were faster, they were stronger. Some guys had I, their ways to get around it, but. As far as the team goes, I thought Mexico played much better as a team. I thought I thought most of the I thought majority of the Nigerian U seventeens played in Nigeria. Well, they get the they get the African players on pennies on the dollar. You know, and obviously, you know, they you know, they have a lot of scouts. European clubs have a lot of scouts in, in, in Africa and stuff. So I have a question, you know, like most uh, like Francophone countries in Africa. Mm -hmm. The French-speaking ones. Yep. You know, a lot of those guys go to France. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe the makes makes the Senegal and all those. Where, yeah, Sen exactly Senegal. Where where do the Nigerian guys go? I mean, England. do they just go all over? England. England. Do they mainly yeah. go to England. 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 Yeah. But I think I think even still I th I think with the U17 team I think all those young kids uh, they get groomed under the same like one team. I think these U17 kids like travel with yeah. them. They do like an entire, literal entire process together. One of the problems with the African players that once they go to Europe, it's basically, you know, they, they take, it, you know, it seems like they take the club more serious than their national teams. Because obviously that's how they're making their, you know, that's how they're making their way of life. Really. Yeah. Uh, and I, you know, there's a, to, to me, I don't know, I, I don't, I think you'll have obviously your standout players from this group in years to come. Um, you know, and obviously they're going to apply their trades in you know in England or in France and stuff like that. And they're going to be good. They're going to be always you know they have good athletes. You know, they they do. But I don't I don't think uh, you know at the at the senior at the senior national level, you know the African teams don't really scare me because I think because I, I you know because I I think Mexico can always beat them tactically and technically. Hey, yeah, but have they really? What time? Yeah. Have, I mean, has Mexico done fared well against uh, the African teams in the World Cups? Because I remember, well, you know, like I against mean, South Africa, just I mean, Mexico should have a better, you know, they have a better pedigree than South Africa. But Angola, they Angola. they've only Angola played four Angola African well. teams in the World Cup, and they've only beaten one against Cameroon at the last one. They've tied twice, and they've lost to Tunisia. That's yeah. It. Yeah. 78 was kind of like a, it was a that was pretty bad in 78. You know, well, yeah, they were expecting, you know, they were uh, thought that they would make it to the next round easily, and they I think they either tied or beat Germany like like the, the, in, in the lead up to it in the spring, or I forget what it was. 
Yeah. And uh, things didn't work out. Hey, we got like uh, eight viewers going on in the chat. People on there: uh, Rodman, Inju, Don, David, asking questions and such. Uh, you know, you know eight viewers that? is more than what Colin Cowherd gets. Oh, <laughs> oh, nine viewers now. Is it the uh, is it the YouTube? Or, yeah, uh, the YouTube uh, chat. One see, of them. John said he had the MLS rating numbers, and so far, you said our ratings are beating. That's being, right. Uh, we're, we're beating but MLS. going back to the previous topic, uh, Ninji brought up the, the idea of, or somebody brought up the idea on the chat of uh, Omar Bravo being called up. That that's, that's uh, uh, absolutely no. not. Uh, uh, no. Absolutely no. not. I'm all for it. I'm all for it. I'm all for it. I'm all for it. I don't mind. Oh yeah. No, he had his time. He's already it. had his time. There's no. There's really. Who would you? Who would we uh, take out in favor of Amar Bravo? And what is? What? What would he even contribute at this point? Um, I good, mean, good. Good. Hey, what, what about Oribe? What's Oribe doing on there? That what's. What's well, Oribe scores so goals and has scored goals consistently for the national yeah. team since he's been Yeah. Okay. Period. Yeah. End of story. And there's no argument. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, but there isn't. And, and he scored key goals. Yeah, huge goals. I'm I'm down to I'm o, Omar Bravo 2K16. <laughs> Omar Bravo. <laughs> Fund it. Fund Missed it. a penalty kick that could have caused Mexico a qualification. Fund it. That's true you know. at the World Cup. Yeah, um, I mean, Oribe has been he's been nails in the yeah, three years he's been playing the national team. I mean, <laughs> I mean, no, uh, there's definitely no room for Omar Bravo. Let's be honest. Um, I think I think there is. Come on, come on. No, yeah, I don't. Omar, Omar Bravo can be on the team. He will never receive a field. Omar Bravo can be on the team when Mexico is already qualified for the next round, and they just they just need uh, one body to go to El Salvador. That that that's him, when, that's put, when put, Omar Bravo. Put him in against Honduras. Let's see. I don't mind. Man, I will. Put him in the medals, dude. Was it 2001 where Mexico went down to Honduras and just got shellacked? And I remember they had Luis Hernandez playing with Espalda Salarco, and every time he'd do it, man, the Honduran guy would come up and just knee him in the back, man. And just, he just destroyed Mexico. Man. That was the worst. Jorge Campos. I think oh. Rafa Marquez was on that team, too. Man, young that Rafa. was like the, the worst. Yeah. I remember thinking, man, this is like watching Mexico in 1978. I mean, it was that bad. It was like, it was just bad. Did you say 01, John? Yeah, 01. That's when, is yeah. that with Ojitos Mesa? Yeah, it was, it was Ojitos' what? last game. What? Was Hermosillo on, on that team? I can't remember. I can't remember who was on. I remember is that they just were terrible. I mean, just I think, just and what's, totally and, what, and what's funny was that was probably Honduras' best team of, of these, like, ever. Oh, so, easily. Easily that was their best I was on, team. I was on, and plus the coach was Rimi Maradiaga. So. And, it made, and it made the fact that they lost to Trinidad or whoever it was just, like, just totally baffling. Cause exactly. They would have Mexico out of the tournament. You know what we happened? Would've, we would have gone to the World Cup. Yeah. You know what happened before that game? One of the Trinidad players died in a car crash. Like less than a week before that match. So they played it in his honor. Yeah, I'm uh, guessing they did. I'm not, but I. I think I think that was like the first time we beat United States. In Washington, in the U.S. I mean, I mean, yeah, Honduras. It was just, it was nuts. I mean, they had it right there, and then like that game was crazy because you just saw like crazy passing, crazy running. It they was... played really well. I remember that game, and the the, the the U.S. fans were totally well. It was D.C. and it was like eighty percent Honduran. Yeah, yeah, RFK. RFK. Yeah, I remember they learned that. their lesson. They learned their lesson. You so know, you know, it's funny. Uh, 
you know, about all the Hondurans that play in MLS, I mean, it's actually kind of smart because I'm guessing that they get a pretty good, uh, pretty good crowds. Honduran, I know that that uh, like like Houston has what three or four Hondurans that play at the Dynamo with Dynamo. Yeah. And Houston is a huge Honduran city, and uh, and and a couple of games that I've worked, you know, there there are quite a few Hondurans, and we always show uh, you know the Hondurans in the crowd whenever one of them does something. Yeah. Does something I- well. Where do you live? Wait, what? Where do you live? I live in New Orleans. New Orleans? Yeah. So. Oh. I thought it was Nolens. Nolens, Jeremy. Nolens. for you. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta switch up everything I gotta, I gotta, when I talk to you. I've been. I was supposed to go to New Orleans for that. I'm doing the high school football championships, but. They didn't renew look, the contract, man. so I'm not going. It sucks. Look, That's what look, look John. Look, John. I think with Charlie Strong. I think we lost him. Thank God. It sounded like it was going to be bad. So. Maybe oh. <laughs> 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 a hurricane got him. Thank you. Uh, no, 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 no. Yeah, there he is. Oh, man, I'm, I'm watching the the, uh, the parade right now in Contacto Deportivo. Nice. Still, the parade is still going on? Wow. Hey, I, I told you guys in Twitter that, that Cup's going to tour the state, man, because right now in, in November is Fiesta Month in uh, in Jalisco. So brace yourselves. Oh, That's no. a good video. You know, all the banda is going to be touring with the trophy. Wow. Good times. Wow. Yeah, there's going to be T-shirts made. There's going to be confetti. Uh-huh. It's... I, I love how 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 Russell the the press was about Chivas doing a parade like like that was the story not the fact that there was a good game on uh, there's been a progression to what Chivas has been doing on the field and it you know it culminates as of right now with a trophy let's focus on the fact that they're celebrating that people are happy that they want a trophy I don't understand the gripes. Well, you know, I mean, like I said earlier, that you know, maybe we should talk more about the game because that game was really, really yeah, good. Yeah, it was I a mean, tremendous. It was, was a really good yeah. game. Uh, I had a lot of fun bring watching that. Hey, you know what? I, I, <clears throat> hey, um, want to change subjects? Uh, just touch up on the uh, the Hall of Fame. Hey, one one quick comment on the Champions League though. Chicharito's goal that he scored. I saw a tweet that said that uh, Chicharito beats the offside trap. <laughs> that offside trap was like on the other side of the field, and it was just some some guy lingering around there. And you know, Chicharito didn't even know he was back there. He just happened to be onside at that moment and scored the goal, which was pretty nice. But he, he just, just Chicharito hating. He also became the top scorer for uh, from Concacaf, twelve goals. At the Champions League level, yeah, he yeah, overtook hey, uh, Dwight York. Uh, Dwight York. Oh. Mm-hmm. Now that's Dwight, only since the York, tournament. Holy, man, that was uh, another one of those players that you would just like, you know, grab on every time he had the ball at his feet. Did he end up playing uh, either holding midfield or even like defense? Wasn't he like one of like a ultimo hombre at one point for Trinidad? Ooh. Dwight York. Oh, yeah, yeah. Dude, he's a legend, man. I know. He was terrific. Man, you. Legend. But he was like Lothar. You know, Lothar started as a, as an attacking midfielder or just like worked his way back. 
back to formation until the very end where he could barely run, but he was still, you know, you know, good enough to play. Yeah, defense. you keep those kind of players on the field. You know, they. Uh, we're doing it with, with Rafa Marquez right now. I mean. Yeah, absolutely. Even even you know the 2006 World Cup. I mean, it was, wasn't Javier Aguirre like that? Didn't he start off like like toward the front and then he ended up in the at back. the end of his career uh, playing either defense or at least the defensive midfielder? Same thing with Massa. Massa used to be an attacker. Massa ended up being a defender. Yeah, Severo. Um, Savala. Savala. That's right, Savala. Savala was the same way. He was a forward, and then he ended up becoming a defensive. No, but, yeah, but, but I'm saying like he actually, but like, but like, what I mean is, is that uh, Aguirre like started off his career with América playing like an attacking forward. midfielder, and yeah. then, and then, and then you know by the end of his career he was, you know, still such a great player, but you know ended up having because he was so slow or yeah. he just you know they were they were better off um, as a defender or. I mean, I didn't, I didn't follow America back then, so I, I have no idea. It was I actually think... La Volpe who put him uh, as a defensive midfielder. Yeah. Was it? Yeah, it was La Volpe who discovered him there. Uh-huh. He's a great eye for talent, you know? Sound to Europe and everything, too, right? <laughs> Wait, La Volpe was with America in the late 80s? No, 90s. 90, 96. Oh, okay. Was Aguirre still playing back then? Uh, no, because I no 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 because Aguirre was already what Mejia Barón's coach in '94, well, assistant. Yeah, that's right. So Gatra, yeah. he and Tuca, he and Tuca were his assistants, right? Uh, At the '94 World Cup, yeah. And I remember, I remember the story about those guys. Is it like like they all came up with a list of 23 and like. They could only agree like on twelve of the dudes. Yeah. Like though they only had consensus on twelve guys. Oh yeah, Keylor Navas is kicking some serious. Yeah, can't hate on it. Yeah. Well some people will, but we'll see we'll see when Costa Rica plays Mexico. Alright guys. Um, well they might they might even make it out of their uh, out of their group. I don't yeah, same that's a nasty group. Group B is disgusting. Alright guys, I'll see you. Take it easy. Okay. Thanks, everybody. everybody. Have a good night. I'm uh, a. Good night, everybody. Stop the broadcast. We'll see you guys next.